This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to a Friday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you along with Michael Remus. And a little later on, you'll meet Connor, who jumped on board with us and uh, is doing some shadowing to see how the magic happens behind the scenes at WSTHQ. Uh, We've got a great show today. Young Stars Tournament begins tonight. As Connor tweeted earlier, the Winnipeg Jets have a game tonight. Well, it's not necessarily the entire NHL roster but a lot of the young men we will see as Winnipeg Jets in the future are out in Penticton kicking things off. I believe it's a 6 p.m. start. The Jets will be broadcasting it live on their YouTube channel if you do want to watch it live and follow along. And we're going to hear from Chaz Lucius a little bit later on, one player who will be uh, front and center and getting a lot of attention tonight as the Jets prospects take to the ice to begin Everything that goes into an 82-game season before training camp officially begins next week here in Winnipeg. Uh, And it was an aborted visit with Captain Adam Lowry earlier this week. Uh, But Adam has uh, very kindly offered to uh, jump back on with us. So we'll do take two with the captain today. Coming up around 2 p.m. for those of you watching live on the YouTube stream. We'll also have Kenny Wee. We'll talk about his big move personally and... Uh, hit every all the big topics on the Winnipeg Jets heading into both this weekend and next week's training camp. And uh, NFL season is in full swing, so uh, the Hacksaw will come on with the NFL Notebook. And, of course, we'll talk a little Bombers as uh, they are up, up, and away to the hammer for their game tomorrow afternoon against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So a welcome to everyone. Shout out to the folks joining us on YouTube. If you haven't already Make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. In a nice week, we're getting closer. Cannot wait to get to the uh, long-awaited 10K sub mark. So if you can, please do and uh, tell a friend about how they can find us on YouTube here at the Winnipeg Sports Talk channel. And, of course, shout out to all the podcast listeners making us a part of your day as well. Uh, just before we bring in Michael Remus... Our uh, big shout out to our friends at CoolBet. Just finished our big NFL lock shop with our best bets with Dustin Nielsen. Subscribe to the Lock Shop Pod wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Winnipeg Sports Talk. Our friends at Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Big Tent Sale this weekend, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, and our friends at Vita Health, Wallace and Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, and Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech. Modern Man Barbershop, and we will get to a why not question of the day for Not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Michael Remus, what is going on? How are things going behind the scenes today? Yeah, it's going. I spent an hour hour yesterday cleaning my basement in preparation for our visitor today, Connor. So first time ever someone other than you has been in here. Uh, exciting stuff. It's an exciting time of year. Getting ready for Jets training camp, Fan Fest. We will be there. Um, young stars, Jets on the ice tonight, and oh yeah, Bombers tomorrow. Bringing back some rough memories of of uh, last year. Dane Evans went nuclear on them. Yeah, I uh, I got a good feeling about the Bombers this week. I 
you know, they have had a few instances this year where they have started rather lethargically and they've found their way out of it. Um, you know, I think about the two games against the Elks in particular. I mean, there was a 6-6 tie here in Winnipeg at halftime in the home game. And <laughs> we all remember the 22-0 deficit uh, in the game that Zach Caleros got hurt and then Drew Brown came in and uh, spun some heroics to lead the team to a come-from-behind win. But coming off of that victory against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, knowing that there is a bye week coming up after this game and then a huge tilt against the Toronto Argonauts, I think it has been a real focus of the Bombers. And Ed Tate told us as much yesterday, Reem. Um, that, you know, it, the, the players had been more than forthcoming about speaking honestly about what happened last year in a very similar situation and want to go out and bottom line, get the job done against the Ticats, earn that bye week, and then get ready for a, a massive week of practice as we uh, get going. There is some news, though, Remus, uh, about, the, uh, about the lineup. And I don't know, I wasn't too concerned yesterday when... You know, I thought they were maybe just giving Jackson Jeffcoat a, uh, you know, a little bit of extra rest coming off that game. But uh, it sounds like he uh, might not be in the lineup. Yeah, we saw it yesterday. What they said he was limited in practice for a hip, and today the depth chart comes out. Derek Taylor saying uh, Jackson Jeffcoat is out, and Celestin Haba is back as well. And Jeffcoat, you know what he can bring on the D line, Hus. And, you know, he's kind of battled injuries here even earlier this year and last year. And it's important to have him healthy for the for the playoffs and the games that matter. So, um, you know, not that this game doesn't matter. I mean, they have, but they have already clinched the playoffs and you want to have him rested for, you know, for the playoffs. So uh, something to monitor, uh, you know, as we go on. But that's certainly a blow to the defense. You saw how impactful he was last week in just about every game. Uh, him and Him and Willie Jefferson on the D-line. Well, I mean, just think about the two BC games. I mean, the difference between not having Jackson Jeffcoat in the first one as opposed to what that defense looked like when he was in the lineup a little later on. Um, that being said, opportunity for others to step up. Willie J will need to be dominant as his usual self. And listen, the defense looked great last week against Saskatchewan. So they'll need to get it done without Jackson Jeffcoat. Uh, but big picture... It's a wise move. I mean, if there's something that needs more rest and recuperation for Jeff Coat, the bottom line is you need to have him in your lineup on the 29th of September against the Argos, on the 6th of October against the British Columbia Lions. So that's the latest on the Bombers is the, they're out in Hamilton tonight, or today, I guess I should say. They left this morning and uh, kick off tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. over on TSN. As they say, we're going to hit a ton of Jets topics, pretty much everything heading into state of the team, heading into training camp, and of course the Young Stars tournament, but we'll get more about Chaz Lucius in a minute. Uh, but Remo, uh, I'm going to get right into the why not question of the day, and I'm going to put it to the chat, but I will also put it to you. Why not question of the day for not Autocorp at Waverly and McGillivray is this. Will Mike Babcock be the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets tomorrow? Yeah, I'm gonna. That's pretty quick. I don't think it's gonna be done. Any decisions that quickly? Is it? Because what's the what's the latest that uh, Darren Dreger was reporting? I mean, this Mike Babcock. I'm getting updates like late last night from Katie Strang. Uh, this is super interesting 
stuff where Ron, Ron Hainsey yeah. and uh, and HR, Marty Walsh. Yeah, they flew HRR down. was is on the case, and uh, they went out to Columbus. And if you can, why don't you get that Drager clip if you uh, for a minute? We'll play it for everyone if they missed it. Drager was on first up today, and you know, listen, this wasn't something that he was necessarily reporting on, but everyone has been talking about it. I listened to the beginning of Thirty Two Thoughts today, and listening to Elliot Friedman. It certainly sounded like there was the potential of a shoe to drop. And for all the talk that, you know, the players were fine with it. And, you know, we heard from Johnny Gaudreau and, uh, you know, we saw the statement from Boone Jenner and from the team. Not all of it uh, was as it seems. And, you know, as we'll hear, it was Elliot reported, you know, a couple of the older players, I guess, were fine with it some of the younger players were made to feel very, very uncomfortable. And uh, that is bad news for Mike Babcock when you consider the baggage that he was already bringing to the job in Columbus after uh, sitting out for the last couple of years post being fired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And of course, a number of the things that he did, including the infamous list from Mitch Marner, um, that I think made a lot of people wonder whether he was still fit to be a coach. Obviously, the Blue Jackets felt they were, he was, you know, going to be their guy. I'm not sure that that is the case anymore. But uh, if you've got it, let's play this. This is Dregs jumping on with, I believe, Carlo on first up this morning in Toronto. Uh, and of course, the biggest story in the hockey world as we get ready for training camp has been the revelations of uh, how Mike Babcock got broken and you know promoted by uh, Biz Nasty over at Spitting Chicklets who. Um, you know, obviously is a controversial source of all of this. Um, but there was certainly no back down from them. The NHLPA is investing it and investigating. And, uh, well, this is where Dreg said things stood this morning when he joined the guys on First Up. Respond to these findings. So I think it's going to be pivotal today in terms of the, the future of Mike Babcock with Columbus. Drags, considering we're at this point where we are today, where both the PA and the NHL are meeting to discuss this situation, do you think there could be a scenario here where Mike Babcock could be potentially removed as the head coach? Yeah, I mean, that's plausible. It is. Uh, I'm not saying that or is going to happen, not reporting that is going to happen. But at this stage, and based on the information that um, you know has, has been discovered, and percolated to the surface in the last 48 hours, I, I think there's a chance of that. And then beyond that, Carlo, don't you wonder about management of the Columbus Blue Jackets? I mean, well, yeah, what, considering the statement they came out with, yeah. Well, and, but there's a track record of this stuff, right? I mean, we know that, that Babcock did something similar uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know, there's been long history and reporting on Babcock's time with the Detroit Red Wings. So, you know, there's 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 history in how this man goes about his coaching business. So, you know, should Yarmo Kekalainen be held accountable for hiring Mike Babcock in the first place? And I, I don't know the answer to that. That's an answer that, you know, can only be uh, answered by ownership of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not reporting it's going to happen. I'm not predicting it's going to happen. But answer your question, is it possible? It is, yes. All right, so there's Dregs this morning with uh, Carlo Koliakov over on First Up and T.O. Um, you know, you combine that with what Elliot said today with Jeff Merrick on uh, 32 Thoughts, and uh, I imagine, Remus, that this is a 
probably a very nervous time, <clears throat> excuse me, a very nervous time for Babs, um, who thought he was going to get this clean, fresh start. And uh, um, before they even get going, a big question as to whether he's going to survive these next few days and even get to training camp. Yeah, what a what a situation. I mean, we're not even in training camp and already stuff happening, you know, concerns about players' privacy, asking to see uh, their phones. So uh, we'll have to see, you know, what happens. But, yeah, they're NHL, NHLPA having a meeting discussing uh, what happened. I mean, if it was that serious that Ron Hainsey and Marty Walsh had to go fly to Columbus, uh, you know, to investigate this, um, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, not a great start for, uh, you know, Babcock, who hadn't been coaching, but he's with Saskatchewan after – being fired by Toronto, you know, collecting a nice paycheck from the Maple Leafs, and you know, you're back, and hadn't even coached a game, and already allegations of, uh, uh, I mean, improper activity. What what terminology am I yeah, using I, here? I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. And I mean, Ishaboy uh, Bruce says, "I'll wait for the PA investigation to conclude." Not going to just choose between believing Babs or Biz. You know, it, it is funny. That, I mean, in the uh, uh, the other part of this is you know, the source of where it comes from. And I mean, listen, I get it. Barstool isn't uh, everyone's cup of tea. And I mean, the guys are sort of rude and raunchy at times. Um, part of what's made them the number one uh, hockey podcast uh, in the world. Um, but uh, here's the thing. Paul Bissonette has, I mean, a great job with TNT. He, of course, is part of Spitting Chicklets. He's a former player. Like, for all people that think, like, you know, oh, they're just kind of cranking this out to generate clicks. I mean, really, he's probably the last guy that needs to do that. Um, I think the reaction from much of the hockey media, if you will, and maybe some of the fans, would have been a lot different if this was some guy from The Athletic or someone from Bleacher Report or something like that. But when you really think about this, who is more connected to players in the National Hockey League? Than, than Biz and, and Ryan Whitney. I would say it's a, it's a short list, and I don't think it includes anybody else in the hockey media. So for them to come out with this, to double down on it the way they did when Columbus put out that statement, um, I think that there was plenty of smoke to this. And um, as I say, now, like the truth of actually how it was presented there and what Columbus and Babcock came out with, and of course the comment from Boone Jenner, the proof is probably somewhere in the middle, but I think what's most important about this is when we're talking about these young players. I mean, this is a guy that has a long, long track record, and we heard that great quote from Frank Corrado yesterday about um, this comes down to power dynamics, and he has a terrible record when it comes to, you know, his treatment of players in a lot of ways, and many of them be the first ones to tell you that. And while, sure, Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner are very comfortable in their positions as Blue Jackets, and maybe we're totally fine with it, um, like Elliot reporting that a number of the young players did have an issue with it and were made to feel very, very uncomfortable, that is bad, bad news for Mike Babcock, considering everything that this league has been through. And, uh, of course, the reaction to the reports of what went uh, down on his watch in both Detroit and, uh, and Toronto. Yeah, no question that, um, I mean, they showed texts from the players, from a former player, 
uh, players feel comfortable with them. They have a lot of players on their podcast, um, not afraid to open up. And I don't think you're going to come out that strong if you're not sure about what happened. So they'll see and we'll determine you know, if there's any punishment going to happen. I mean, what, I don't know. We don't know what happened. Like, was it like, hey, give me your phone. I want to look at it right now and I want to see what kind of guy you are. Or was it a, <laughs> like, was it a conversation where it's like, hey, if you have any pictures, you know, of your family, I want to see. Let's let's see what's going on. I don't know why you can't. You know, this is what we all what we all would do. Hustlers just get a guy's Instagram and look at it and creep on him a little and see what pictures they've been posting this summer. Check out a couple stories. See who they follow. See what they're like. You don't you don't need to see someone's phone. It's all all out there. So I guess there is the element of uh, violation well, of phone, privacy. Although let's face it, the phone's a little different. I mean, you'll have stuff in your phone that you're not necessarily posting on Instagram. I, I, well, it's, I, I've certainly never had a, a boss or a manager say, hey, I want to go through your phone, see what kind of guy you are. It's never, <laughs> it's never happened. But I mean, they all, I'm sure they all have social media. You, can, you don't need to, if you want to see photos, go on someone's Instagram. Like, it's all on there. So, I mean, we're, we're on here reporting on what the Jets are doing in the off season the whole time. That's, I mean, that's what, what's going on. So... Uh, we'll see what the what this punishment is, if any, what the findings are. It's certainly an interesting story, but you know, coaching in you know 2023, I think it is certainly different than coaching in any sport. Coaching, you know, 20, 30 plus years ago. Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people that will tell you that Mike Babcock's a bit of a sociopath. I mean, uh, for the people that uh, you know he played with, many guys that played for him, absolutely hate his guts and. Listen, I know Tortorella's had that rep, but I keep on thinking about what Frank said yesterday. You know, Torts is tough on guys, but he says it to your face. He gets in there. He lets you know exactly where you stand. And he said Babcock doesn't do that. And I think there's just a, a, a history of mind games. Um, and, and really, I mean, in some ways, abuse of power and abuse of the job that comes with Babcock to this job uh, and that what makes him in some pretty significant jeopardy, I think, if um, what we're learning now, in addition to what Biz and Witt said, you know, from Elliot Friedman, as well as uh, as the, the likes of Darren Drager. So it's going to be a really interesting thing. Although, and I would love to go back to whenever Babcock was hired or those reports were coming out that he was going to be the, the, the guy for Columbus. Because I still think now, like, really? Mike Babcock is the guy? I mean, with all that young talent, Adam Fantilli coming in there, Patrick Laine, like Yarmel thought that that was going to be a fit. And hey, maybe this blows over and maybe they're going to have a great season and maybe he's a completely changed man. I, listen, I have time for that possibility. I wouldn't bet on it though, Michael. Yeah, I, I agree. There certainly was a surprise. And you're know, talking about Yarmo Kekalainen, and if something does happen, would his uh, job be online as the guy who hired Mike Babcock? to a lot of you know people questioning just because of the history there so there's many layers to the story i've been you know you know checking on katie strings tweets at like 8 p.m last night trying to see what's the latest and like we're texting each other so people care about this story uh we're invested everyone's got an opinion in chat and i mean we don't really know we're waiting to hear the results of the meeting and you know we'll talk about them when we know just, you mentioned- just quickly, I mean, like, it's funny that the the, the Yarmo's uh, future was sort of brought up by Dreger just because of the hire. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time wrapping around a situation where they have to get rid of Babcock, and I don't know whether that's co- with cause or without, whether he gets paid. I mean, someone else will figure that out. 
Um, but they're going to need to figure out a coach if that happens. I mean, training camp opens next week. Um, so, I mean, whether you promote internally, whether they're already thinking about some other options, if you replace the general manager as well, and that puts that entire organization into disarray beforehand. So I would assume that Yarmo's going to be there maybe on a shorter leash if something does go down with Mike Babcock. But anyways, it's a, the big, big story in and around the National Hockey League. Our focus, of course, is on the Young Stars Tournament this weekend and Winnipeg Jets training camp coming up beginning next week here in Winnipeg. Don't forget FanFest is a week Saturday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Hockey for All Center. Winnipeg Sports Talk will be there. Hopefully you'll uh, see you. You can pop by and check us out. And actually, while we're there, um, you know, we'll probably, I mean, listen, I think people that are regular viewers and listeners of the show um, have heard about it, but it will be a good chance for us to maybe get a few more people that are familiar with uh, the crew out with us on the Winnipeg Jets pack, which is on sale now. There's a link in the description of this video. And if you're listening on the podcast, go to winnipegsportstalk.com and uh, click the link there. A four-game package with WS tiers in my favorite sections, WST's own 316 and 317. And check out these games, folks, if you've missed it. The return of Pierre-Luc Dubois on the uh, October 17th. Connor McDavid and the Oilers, Thursday, November 30th, a Saturday night game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, January 27th, and a big late season tilt against the Calgary Flames on Thursday, April 4th. 375 taxes in for the entire package, and at every game, you'll get a free beer, drink, soft drink, or water. And we're also going to be getting everyone together with early entry. We're going to meet in that bar right outside our sections, do a couple raffles, have a couple pops before the game, and uh, be a great way to kind of mingle like we've done at some of our other events. And thanks again to everyone that came out to Little Brown Jug on the weekend. So uh, go to winnipegsportstalk.com, click the link, or get the link in the description. Uh, we've had to open up more seats now across the aisle in section 317 as the crew grows, but we got plenty more room. Would love to have you on with us for four great nights at Canada Life Center for the Winnipeg Sports Talk Jets Pack available right now. All right, Adam Lowry's coming up in a few minutes, uh, but we're going to kick things off with Ken Weeb. And then, Adam, and then we'll talk a little bit more about last night's game as well as a big week two in the National Hockey League. But just before we bring Ken in, guys, if you need to uh, need to get the lettuce taken care of or maybe your beard, uh, you know where to go. It's Modern Man Barbershops. Now, with eight convenient locations throughout the city, including the newest locations on Pemina Highway and Plessy Road, Modern Man has you covered, fellas, with a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. You can book your look via modernmanbarber.com or give them a follow on Instagram over at Modern Man Barbershops. And uh, folks, there's a couple days left on the massive fall into saving sale over at Aquatech. Of course, Aquatech are the leaders in pools, in-ground, and above ground, and uh, also the leaders in renovations, taking care of kitchens, bathrooms, man caves, and more. But right now, with the fall into savings sale, get on down to Aquatech or visit them online at aqua-tech.ca. 
The bottom line is up to 30% off everything in stock. If it is in stock, it is on sale. So get on down to Aquatech this weekend or go right now online to aqua-tech.ca and see all the savings that await you. Um, ready for another great Manitoba weekend into September? Got to make sure you got your batteries covered and Manitoba Battery is the home of the best deals, the best service in battery land here in Manitoba, powering Manitobans 12 months a year. Uh, whether you're you know, out on a boat, an ATV, a camper, they've got all your battery needs taken care of. And of course, with winter just around the corner, the best prices and most reliable service on car and truck batteries in town. It's that simple. Get to manitobabattery.com uh, for all your battery needs. And the best part about it is Donnie and his gang will save you a lot of time because with any purchase over 60 bucks, they'll deliver it to you for free anywhere in the city of Winnipeg inside the perimeter. So get to manitobabattery.com, give them a call, or you can always pop by and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. And hey, a big shout out to the gang at Canadian Club, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Weekend's here. Pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Mart and check out everything in the Canadian Club family. And heck, even if you're at your beer store, keep an eye out for CC and Ginger, the delicious pre-mixed cocktail so popular Bomber Games is available at beer stores in 473 milliliter cans and in six packs. All right, Captain Adam Lowry coming up in a bit, but right now let's welcome in Ken Weeb. Now with the Winnipeg Free Press. First time I've been able to introduce him is Ken Weeb. Of the Winnipeg Free Press, congrats on the uh, on the big move, the big news. Yeah, thanks, us. Uh, exciting times for sure. Uh, some anxious moments over the last, you know, several weeks. A uh, big decision in the career front for sure. I mean, certainly uh, very happy and you know appreciative of those three three plus years at Sportsnet. Uh, they they came to me at a time that was a very challenging one. Huss. Uh, First time I'd been cut from anything uh, <laughs> since the University of Regina Cougars heading into year three uh, after getting laid off by the Athletic. And I really enjoyed my time there and had great opportunity to, to shine a, a bit of a spotlight on the Winnipeg Jets for a, for a big national company and had some incredible opportunities there and worked with some fantastic people, who many of whom I am so proud to call great friends and you know, as you know, we talked about it, uh, being able to be on Hockey Night in Canada, that was a, a dream as a kid, and getting to do that with uh, Elliot and Ron was something that I, I won't soon forget, and I certainly uh, did my best to leave on positive terms, and, and hoping that there could still be some TV work there with uh, with my pal, Sean Reynolds, and um, to keep the podcast rolling, but uh, Huss, as you know, my my start in this, uh, in this community, in this business, uh, was at the Winnipeg Free Press, uh, working first as an intern in 1999 as a Vince Lee Scholarship winner when I was still in university uh, at Regina, uh, and then had a three-month internship or paternal uh, you know, contract when Paul Wiesick uh, was away uh, covering the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, and, and fortunate enough to go over to the Winnipeg Sun when Judy Owen had her mat leave and you know, spent 19 and a half great years there. And, you know, I've been starting to joke. I've sort of become the, I've become the Brent Ashton of the Winnipeg media core here in the last five years, uh, switching employers a little bit more frequently than Karen's I, it's going to be the answer on all the media <laughs> puck dokus. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's been little... at the sun and the athletic. And it's done. <laughs> <laughs> becoming, you know, in, in, in hockey terms, us, uh, I've become a bit of a suitcase here uh, over the last couple of years. And, you know, all joking aside, uh, had great employers and been fortunate to do that. And 
yeah, super pumped to be, uh, you know, circle of life moment in a lot of ways. I grew up uh, reading the Winnipeg Free Press. My first, you know, job at a daily was there and uh, just super pumped to be joining a, a really robust uh staff and a place that's really committed a lot of money into sports coverage and especially Jets coverage at a time uh, when the business has been, uh, you know, uh, interesting. It's certainly an interesting times, Huss, uh, going to a place where they're super invested in journalism, uh, in travel and in covering the sports beat as uh, as it is meant to be covered. And uh, super pumped. I know you had Mike on earlier this week and uh, he had, could not have been more welcoming to me. I know we've been friends for a long time, but uh uh, super proud uh, to be joining the Winnipeg Free Press, and yeah, just pumped about uh, the the relationship that's going to be built. Uh, it was it was a tough week to be uh, to be on the bench, Huss. I have to say, yes, uh, super pumped that we had Adam Lowry on uh, the Kenny and Rennie show. But uh, there's been a lot. I've spent a lot of time at the rink, uh, and then my computer is staring at me like, why aren't you tapping on these keys this week? And uh, haven't had a uh, print platform to write on this week. But uh, I'll be starting on Monday with the new journey and. Uh, couldn't be more excited about it, and uh, you know, thanks for the the shout out there. I know uh, we had some fun with it with Rennie on uh, on Wednesday when you when you had him on or Tuesday, I guess. So, um, yeah, exciting times. It's going to be uh, pump. I'm pumped to follow in a long line of uh, you know folks that uh, I admire and respect greatly uh, that have that have had their uh, byline in the uh, in the Winnipeg Free Press. Here. I'll say this: speaking of bylines, I mean, uh, and, and this is just as a. As a Winnipeg sports person, as a fan, I mean, I really appreciate what the Freep is doing. I mean, this is, I would say it is somewhat unique in the newspaper landscape yeah. right now um, to be investing in people. And obviously, we've got a lot of great relationships with the guys over there already. And now with you going over there, I mean, it's a bit of a murderer's row of uh, guys <laughs> in that sports department. And listen, that's just great for sports fans and obviously Winnipeg Free Press readers and um, I think they it's quite obvious that they have realized that this is important to readers. It helps with subscriptions and all that. And um, I think, you know, if we have a healthy daily newspaper um, with individuals like yourselves there, that is great um, from a sports fan's perspective. But uh, um, I'll, I'll let the news and all the other departments handle that <laughs> sort of stay in my box. But anyways, congratulations on that. And uh I'm um, looking man. forward to uh, continuing our conversations just with you uh, being introduced from a uh, from a new spot with the Winnipeg Free Press. And uh, I guess the official start with that will be on uh, on Monday and we'll have the uh, we'll have the prospects tournament, the Young Stars tournament to talk about just before we get to that. Um, quick thought on Adam Lowry and the captaincy. Um as well as, you know, the diff- very difficult decision between two very, very capable candidates in Josh Morrissey and Adam. Yeah, you bet, Huss. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's a it's a great moment for the Lowry family and for the Jets organization as a whole. Um, we, Like you said, there was a tough choice, a t- two-horse race, if you will. And uh, as we've discussed both uh, on this program and have written in, at sportsnet.ca previously, there was no wrong choice here, Huss. But uh, I just think ultimately... In terms of the new direction and, and the new voice, I think Adam is a guy who you know kind of said it himself, us, and it was not meant to be a, a self-serving commentary. Uh, he's been trained for this moment um, for a lot of his career, whether that's dating back to minor hockey. And uh, I just think that uh, Adam is a guy who is a blue-collar guy. And in at a time when the organization is getting back to sort of its blue-collar roots in a blue-collar city, I think having a captain like Adam uh, makes a lot of sense for the organization where they are 
Both those players are respected league wide. And I think it's important to remember that uh, Josh is still going to play a very important role here. Uh, but I think that, I mean, you've discussed it throughout the course of the week with a lot of other people. I just think that this, this, this decision and choice, um, very deserving for Adam, but it's also meant to help Josh and uh, to allow him to focus on continuing his quest to become one of the best, uh, if not the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. He made an enormous stride last year. And a lot of the stuff that you've talked about and I've talked about, uh, we know it became a burden for Blake Wheeler. And rather than risk it becoming a burden for Josh Morrissey, I think they're going to allow him to play a very, very important role as an alternate captain. But this will allow him to focus primarily on being a 25-minute-a-game player on the back end who uh, is a massive and potentially has the most important driver on the Winnipeg Jets team, um, you know, outside of Connor Hellebuck, if you will. But in terms of the skaters, uh, uh, Josh, it's, it's hard to argue someone's going to play a larger role than Josh Morrissey this year when it comes to on the ice. Uh, when it comes to off the ice, I think having Adam... Um, and this is not just a figurehead role for Adam Lowry. This is a guy who has earned the mantle. He is a very important leader, has been for a long time. He was a leader when he wasn't wearing a letter, and he will continue to be as he wears the C proudly uh, as he did at the unveiling. Uh, I just think that the timing was right um, for Adam to have have this honor bestowed upon him. And you heard it throughout the course of the week. Uh, no, this isn't about being gracious with the media, Hus, but it's hard to imagine Adam being more gracious with his time uh, throughout the course of this week. And, you know, this is just a guy who is a very genuine person. Josh is very genuine as well, but I just think that the time is right for Adam Lowry to sort of take this next step in his career. And I do think that Josh will handle it very well. Uh, I know you've been talking about it with other guys. I was in the scrum with Josh yesterday. Of course we know he's, he's going to be diplomatic, but this there's genuine words in his diplomacy if you will this guy is very close friends with adam lowry and here's the thing Hus. do you think there's a level of disappointment of course there would be if you are a candidate for the captaincy or a job or anything else and it goes to someone else of course you're going to be disappointed i think the problem would be if he wasn't disappointed because that would mean he didn't care about being captain and being you know an important part of the leadership group do i think there's any you know long term negative effects of course not josh is josh is if he if he had disappointment that he had privately he's he's over it i mean he's ready to focus on the task at hand he said as much yesterday uh, and i expect nothing but the best from josh morrissey on and off the ice he's still going to play an important role in terms of speaking regularly as you mentioned Lowry and Morrissey spoke the most of any player. And there's a reason for that. These guys are insightful guys. They're, they're guys that speak when it's going well or going poorly or just sort of, uh, you know, middling along. So uh, I, I don't see any issues there. And, and like I said, I think this is, you couldn't have gone wrong either way. We would be having many of the same conversations if the roles were reversed. But at the stage where the Jets are right now, uh, I think they made an important move. And, and I agree with Sean and what he said with you. Uh, the fact that Kevin Shevoldayoff used ushering in a new era was not an accident. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, Adam has is the kind of inclusive person uh, who is going to allow this group to sort of start, uh, you know, with its culture change, if you will. Yeah. And uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you what, I got a lot of confidence that he is the perfect guy to do that. And we've heard from many people inside the organization and the club that he, in a lot of ways, even when things weren't going great, 
was in a lot of ways the bridge builder, um, you know, kind of bringing together the connection with some of the more veteran players that had a certain status in the room as well as the uh, the younger players. And I think what the goal is to kind of not have those different levels, bring everybody together. And I, I certainly think that he's the, probably the perfect guy to do, uh, to do that. Um, Ken, this weekend... We're going to get a chance to see the uh, the uh, the prospects, the uh, you know likely many players from the Manitoba Moose, the more recently drafted players get after it out in Penticton. Um, uh, what's at the top of your watch list when it comes to this quick tournament before training camp gets going next week? Yeah, Huss, uh, right now you know I'm the conductor of the Gus Bus, but uh, you and I are are sharing membership in a in a uh, in a new fan club, I Walk believe. Walk with Elias. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the uh, the most intriguing player, not just at the at the Young Stars Classic, I think one of the most intriguing players at the Winnipeg Jets training camp this year uh, is going to be Elias Solomonson. Uh, I, I I do think it would take an awful lot, and I I am not expecting him to. Uh, go flat out steal a job uh, this year as a 19-year-old on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, though I wouldn't rule it out entirely, Huss. Uh, I watched him again the other day at the rink and all the things we talked about, you know, again, we never want to go crazy in development camp because we know some guys have been skating a lot, some haven't been skating at all. Elias Solomonson looks like an NHL player already. And I'm, I'm not saying, I understand this is not against NHL competition or anything else, but when you look at his movements and the things that he does well, um, he's going to be a guy that, although a little bit under the radar now, Huss, Solomonson is going to go down as a bonus first-round draft pick for the Jets, even though they got him at 55. Uh, this guy's going to have a long career and a productive one. And I think he'll be in a Jets jersey within the next Let's just use the word two years. Um, I don't think he's going to do enough to, um, you know, be in the opening night lineup unless something wild occurs or if there's an injury or something else. But I can't wait to see him in real preseason games, Huss. And that that's, that's not to say that, uh, you know, it just means that there is a lot on the horizon for Solomonson. Um is he going to get 60 points? I, I don't know. But what I know is he's incredibly mobile. He is very smart. And he has the type of game that is going to endear himself to Jets fans. Uh, he may not have eye-popping offensive totals, but he can contribute offensively. Uh, he's not the biggest guy, but he gets involved physically. It's part of his game. Uh, and he has a great demeanor, like so many Swedish players do. So... Uh, you know, ultimately, I think he's going back to Skeleftia uh, to play another year in the SHL, which will help his development. But this is a guy who's going to be in the NHL before Long Huss, and and I I'm excited to even excited to see him at a Young Stars tournament where, you know, he'll be one of the older players and a guy that's leaned on. He's going to be playing with Tyrell Bauer, who's shifted over to the left side here for this event. Uh, it's an exciting time for him. And I mean, how's the other part too? Like this isn't just a one man show here. I mean, the Jets, <laughs> the Jets top line in game one is going to be Chaz, Lucius, Colby, Barlow and Nikita Chibrikov. So uh, if you're looking for a little bit of offensive flair in your life this weekend, uh, you might want to check these guys out. Uh, there's a, there has the ability as the potential to have a little bit of high end uh, scoring ability from those three guys. And, uh, obviously, looking forward to seeing Brad Lambert. I mean, obviously, he had a massive uh, training camp with the Winnipeg Jets last year. And as we talked about at the time, it was important for people to realize 
know, most of those games were against AHL or junior competition that he played and really was able to shine. This is a guy who had a great year last year. He's excited about the year ahead. And he has, you know, rounded out his skill set. But ultimately, I think Brad Lambert is going to need to dominate at the AHL level. Uh, and I know you're talking about it with Marat too. Uh, Hus, right now, I think I can envision a scenario where the Jet or the Moose three center, or, you know, three of the Moose centers are going to be Lucius Lambert and Danny Jilkin. I mean, another guy who I'm going to be watching closely here at this training camp. That's very young down the middle. But they're going to have guys like Tony Notto playing on the wing that can provide some insulation for guys who don't have, you know, a ton of experience at the pro level playing down the middle. But ultimately, the Jets are going to need one or two of those, maybe even three of those guys to pop down the middle. And uh, the other thing, too, us, uh, the masked men, we're watching these guys this weekend. Thomas Millich is going into a, you know, an in- interesting situation with this uh, NHL training camp. Uh, it's a bit of a crowded crease with the Manitoba Moose. Can you stick around? Will there be three for a while? Do you go to the ECHL like Michael Hutchinson did, where you get all the reps and then you get a chance to move your way up the ladder eventually? Uh, what do you and then, think? Oh, like, I mean, let's just speculate sure. for a moment about that because Delia's here, Salmon and and Milic. Milic, I would imagine, has the most long-term potential. Youngest is the guy that they're going to definitely want to play. Like, is the ECHL the most likely destination for Milic? Or if he if he has a good camp uh, and shows that he's ready to go in the American Hockey League, does he go in there and almost become a priority of the Moose to get him in to a number of games? Not necessarily maybe a number one role, but to play enough to you know really benefit in this first year pro yeah it has to be honest it's going to be up to how the goalies play for sure uh, to a certain degree especially early in the year i could see them carrying three but ultimately millich needs to play a lot so um i, I do think that the echl is the most logical play is the place where he's going to play the most games this year barring something unforeseen which you know We've noticed this before. It happened with Eric Comrie. Colin Delia has some NHL experience. If some team has an injury, could Delia be plucked off waivers? Well, maybe. Of course he could. He's got experience, and he's a guy who's respected in the goalie field. Now, do you know? We're not projecting that to happen, but it could happen. I mean, um, you know, and also too, nobody wishes this upon anybody. But Lauren Brassois is going to need to stay healthy. Like Colin Delia is insurance for Brossois staying healthy, Huss, but he's also insurance for what happens with Connor Hellebuck ultimately. So uh, I do think that at the beginning of the year, you're probably going to see Milic uh, spend the majority of his time in the ECHL. Now, again, barring something unforeseen, and goalies often won't see it at the time, but Thomas Milic is a pretty smart guy, Huss. Passed over in the draft two times. I mean, this guy, all he's done is win, so I don't think he would see that as an impediment to his development if he spends some time in the ECHL. Having said that, I expect him to push for work with the Manitoba Moose before the year is over because this guy, is a, all he does is win, right? All he does is stop pucks and win. I mean, it's funny. I was talking about this with someone at the rink this week. Um, they're similar in stature, Devin Levi and Thomas Millich. One of them was passed over twice. The other guy is seen as the best goalie prospect in the NHL. Right? Was he a I mean, seventh rounder? Right, exactly. So late bloomer as well. So uh, Milich is a guy who has high and long range prospects as long as his development path continues. But I think part of that could include some ECHL time, which is only going to strengthen his resolve. I had a quick chat with Milich in the hallway uh, this week at the rink, and he's he's jazzed. I mean, this is this is great for him. Guys from BC, he's fired up to get into this young stars 
uh, situation. And then he's pumped about the NHL camp. I mean, and then he'll be pumped about the Moose camp. And he, like, he's just going to try to make it as difficult as possible for the Jets and then the Moose to ultimately, if they have to send him to the ECHL. But this is a guy who likes to win and he likes to stop pucks. And another guy in that same breath is Dom Divicentis. And I mean, He's he come also, off a 55 save game back in the O just before coming yeah. here to camp. Obviously, yeah. uh, the confidence is high heading into this weekend. The confidence is very high. And, you know, the Jets have a great pairing uh, between the pipes when it comes to the, you know, long range forecast of goalie prospects. And uh, they should have, you know, the best goalies at that event. Uh, again, it's important not to overreact. There, the, there will be an element of, you know, the there's a lot of high, high end players and high first and you know second and third round draft picks that are going to be participating, but there's a lot of there's a lot of scrambly play that happens at these events. You got some guys on PTOs, you got some guys outside of the organization playing for other teams. Guys are just trying to churn some heads, so you know all those things are going to be factor. But uh, I think for the Jets, they're excited to see these guys on the ice in game situations, and it will help them get their feet wet for them when they show up for main camp, uh, starting on the 21st with the with the first official skates after the mes- medicals and physicals happen on the 20th. Um, Ken, <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, we can almost refer to this next topic as evergreen content because <laughs> we've been talking about it for a long time. Um, however, some interesting reports um, from... Some of the insiders, including Elliot Friedman, I just what is your take right now on Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck's situation with the Winnipeg Jets heading into training camp uh, with expiring contracts at the end of the year? Yeah, has, uh, hash, hashtag parallel tracks. I think it's going to be the uh, training camp of parallel tracks uh, after Kevin Cheveldayoff mentioned earlier this week that uh, it's been made clear to the players who are not on expiring contracts and certainly to the players who are on expiring contracts that uh, the situations will be dealt with, but ultimately uh, the top priority has to be winning. And that's what this organization is focused on. Uh, I, you know, what we know is that Kevin Sheveldayoff is planning to sit down with Connor Hellebuck. We don't know for certain if that has occurred yet. Uh, we imagine that if it hasn't, it will be happening before training camp uh, and that they're, they're going to take another run at this us now. We don't know how Hellebuck's camp will respond. Are they interested in getting a deal done right now? Do they want things to play out? I mean, there's a level of patience that is required on both sides, and there has been a level of patience shown by both sides to this point. Uh, Do I think the Jets are going to make their best offer to Connor Hellebuck in the next two two weeks to four weeks before the season gets going? I, I do. Now, does that mean they could move later on? I don't know. Only... Only Kevin Cheveldayoff and Mark Chippen know that for sure. Uh, Do I think they're going to try to get a deal done? Yes, but ultimately it's up to the player uh, in terms of the timing here. Uh, Well, when it comes to Mark Shifley, I don't see this as a distraction for him. I expect Mark to, you know, handle it the same way Elias Lindholm did this week. He's going to say, you know, my, I'm keeping my options open. And one of those options is to remain with the team. So um, Mark is going to be, maybe under the microscope for his actions more than his words. Huss, I think is that that's the way I'm going to put it. Uh, I think the door is open for both players. Uh, you know, do I think that one is more likely than the other? I think that right now it's been clear, Huss, to this point, Hellebuck has been the priority. And, you know, we'll see if that continues to be the case. I think it until Connor Hellebuck tells the Jets flat out, he is not intending on signing with the Winnipeg Jets. He's going to be the top priority for the Winnipeg Jets. And in terms of Mark Shifley, Mark is keeping all of his options open. Uh, one of those options has always been to remain with the Winnipeg Jets, but ultimately it's going to come down to what the dollar and the term is offered. And uh, we'll see what happens there. And 
Well, Huss, we know this. We've been talking about this for months. The most important part for both players, and accordingly for the Winnipeg Jets, is for both of those players to be key contributors. And, you know, the tougher they make the decision on the Jets, that probably means the better situation the Jets are in in terms of a standing spot. Now, could that lead to a very tough choice at a very tough time on March 8th or 7th? Of course it could. But ultimately, the Jets are trying to win. We heard from Brendan Dillon. We heard from Josh Morrissey. Not interested in a rebuild. So, well, we know the Jets are trying to go for it. Now, what that means, does that mean they're second or third in the Central, or if they're seventh or eighth in the West? That we don't know. But we know they're trying to be competitive. Kenny Weeb, now of the Winnipeg Free Press with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, Ken, the other, I, I, mean, I guess the other conversation that would certainly fall under evergreen t- content is yep. the uh, loaded blue line. This week, Declan Chisholm uh, signed a one-year, two-way deal, which was interesting. Um, and again, for what it's worth, we talked at the draft to a number of people about you know Chisholm and you know would this be a guy that would get picked up off waivers? And a number of people thought they were. He would. I mean, who knows what that case is? But um, what do you think the chances are of a similar situation to last year, where the Winnipeg Jets lose a young defenseman that they put a lot into? Because there's just no room um, up on the uh, on the blue line. Um, I mean that that situation pretty much remains the same. You got Philly Hanela in the mix, who has a real uphill battle, I'm sure, to be on the roster because he is waivers exempt. Um, take a look into your crystal ball here as we head into training camp, and um, and we pretty much know who the top six is. Where does that leave the other guys that aren't in the returning starting lineup? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, you know it's interesting. I mean, obviously, I. I thought one of the one of the hangups might have been that Chisholm's camp might have been looking for a one way, and maybe either they weren't offered a one way, or they just thought, while, you know so. what, you, you know what, never, never mind, uh, right? We'll you know go from here, and uh, we know he has a hundred twenty thousand dollar guarantee in the minors, even though the AHL deal is ninety thousand. But uh, ultimately, I don't think that's the, that's going to factor in us. Uh, I think that Jack Declan Chisholm is on the Jets. I mean. We know he needs to play, but I don't see the Jets risking putting him on waivers if they think he's going to be claimed. And as we mentioned, we think that he would be claimed. I mean, yes, he's a first-round pick, not a first-rounder, but he's shown enough in his development path But I think someone, either some team is going to have an injury or some team is going to think that he could play in their you know, top six or on their third pairing. And for me, uh, you know, just for having watched him briefly yesterday, Declan Chisholm's mobility and ability to check with his stick and his feet is something that could be beneficial to the Jets' defense corps. So I see him being on the team. Now, I can't say here that he's on the third pairing. He's going to have to steal a job from somebody. But I don't see a scenario where the Jets don't keep him in that group of eight that we've been discussing. And while we know that Rick Bonus loves Kyle Capabianco, and rightfully so for his ability to jump in after missing out on a month at a time, I think it's much more likely that in a scenario that we're looking at, Kappa Bianco would be the guy exposed to waivers rather than Chisholm like Kovacevic was the year previous. Now, that's not to say the Jets don't appreciate or like what he brings to the table, but Rick Bonus had a, had a guy named Joel Hanley who is in a very similar situation to Kyle Kappa Bianco, had been sent to the minors up and down at times you know, when he wasn't waivers exempt. And you know, ultimately in the playoffs, in a lot of important games, including last year, Joel Hanley was finding a way to get himself into the lineup over guys that were a- ahead of him on the prospect sheet, like a Niles Lundquist, guys like that. So uh, I think that the, the Jets still value Capabianco, but I don't think that they would be willing to give up the five years of investment on Declan Chisholm for a guy who's going into the last year of his deal. So um, 
does that mean that Logan Stanley is safe? Of course not. I mean, Logan Stanley's going to have to have a great camp. You were talking about it earlier this week as well. He needs to be impactful. I mean, plus all the things that we talk about, the Jets defense core and changing its complexion, Logan Stanley has all of those characteristics, right? A big guy that can skate and is mobile. And when he's playing his best, making smart decisions in terms of his puck movement. Uh, As you mentioned yourself, he hasn't always been as physical on a consistent basis as he needs to be to become an established NHL or in a top six. But that's not to say that, you know, maybe this is the summer where Logan Stanley looked at his situation and said, it's kind of now or never for him, whether that's now or never with the jets or with another organization is remains to be seen. But for as long as he's here, he knows what he has to do to get himself back up on the pecking order where he got bumped down on the depth chart. Whether he does it or not is up to him, Huss, right? So uh, I'm curious to see how that turns out. But if I had to predict today, I would say that it's more likely that Kappa Bianco or Stanley uh, would be the guys who aren't around rather than Chisholm being lost on waivers potentially if, if he had to be uh, you know, exposed. And then there's Villy. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, right. The, I mean, uh, like, I mean, and he's not a, out of it, Hassan. And that's situation. the thing. No doubt. Uh, I, I, as we've mentioned, I, I don't see uh, an extended period of time in the American League being beneficial for Villy Hanel this year. Although we know it's the, we know it's the path of least resistance due to the CBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that that either the player or the organization sees that as the best option for him. Now, having said that, they're going to have to do something about it before <laughs> before that option is not put into place. Uh, and I also think too, we've been spending all the time, you know, most of the oxygen is going to Shifley and Hellbuck, and rightfully so. But the Jets are going to have to decide during the course of the year if they're extending one of or both of Dylan DeMello and Brendan Brendan Dylan, and that is going to be what creates a little bit more clarity when it comes to the back end logjam. Because beyond this year, you know, those two guys are gone. And I think, you know, I'd have to double check, but Capabianco is on an expiring deal. I don't know if he'll be an RFA or a UFA at the end of that. I should know that, Huss, but uh, hang on. I'm going to, let's consult the uh, unofficial notes. He will be an RFA, Capabianco. So it's just the two defensemen that are on uh, on expiring contracts this year. Yeah, and I mean, Capabianco it's a little bit of a different situation because sure. they signed him unrestricted free agent. I mean, he's been a good soldier has basically come in and done exactly what they asked him to do. Be a good teammate, be patient in the press box. When you get called, go out and play your best. And he did that. But I mean, you can't compare the investment that they put into some, well, Logan Stanley, absolutely. Declan Chisholm, Billy Hanela to Capo Bianco. And, uh, you know, for him, He's got the security at least of the NHL salary this year, whether he's right. here or not. Um, and you would have to think that, I mean, there's still always that potential. Um, there's a few deals in training camp in the exhibition season as things sort of shake out in and around the National Hockey League. And um, I would imagine that some of those conversations are happening, although I can't say I'm really expecting anything because, as I say, back to the evergreen content nature of this conversation, we have been talking about this for a while, and um, here we are just a few days before training camp fits, and it's still a very, very busy and competitive group on that uh, Winnipeg Blue Line. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, on my on my bing- my bingo dabber has been out to pound down on trade one defenseman or two for two years. So the bingo dabber is running out of ink when it comes to, uh, to that, that button being pushed uh, or that, uh, that piece of the card being dabbed, if you will. But uh, it just, we're, the, we're hitting not the point of no return us, but uh, you know, 
the day that that roster is due on October 9th, something is going to have to have happened, whether it's an injury or a trade or a demotion in the case of Vili Hanala or a ways or a waivers, uh, you know, exposition, if you will, uh, all of those things would still be on the table. And as you mentioned in training camps, players get hurt. Uh, somebody maybe shows up, not in shape. Uh, all of a sudden a team needs to fill a spot on defense uh, the Jets uh, are the team with the surplus. And as we found out uh, three seasons ago, Hus, uh, an organization would prefer always to have a surplus uh, than not have enough capable NHL blue liners. Having said all of that, I, I think that this organization is still going to be looking to uh, you know, probably move one, at least one of those players to avoid uh, any other type of situation. But at the same time, Better to have too many than not enough, but uh, I think that's probably going to be a, a theory that's tested this year, Huss, if you will, especially by the seventh and eighth defenseman on the depth chart, if you will. Uh, Ken, am I going to pick up the the broadsheet on Monday and see a why I'm joining the free press column uh, from from you? By the way, if you go in there on your first day and you sit down with the new boss, your sports editor, Jay Bell. And the first thing he does is ask to go through your phone. You don't have to necessarily do that right away. Yeah, fair point, my man. Uh, no, there will not be any uh, why I'm joining the free press. I might, I may have a little bit, little bit of an explanation on the old uh, X machine here moving uh, moving on uh, this week, whether it's whether it's today or Monday. But uh, you know uh, that we that we got that taken care of one time at the Athletic back in 2019, and uh, we're far enough removed that we can. Uh, we can. It, it's no longer too soon uh, to make a, a quick joke about it. But uh, you know that was that was that was a project I believed in at the time, and it was impossible to know that COVID would uh, would interrupt that path. But uh, it led to another incredible path, and and that has since led to a, a real fun path. And yeah, has, uh, you know, no joking matter here when it comes to Mike Babcock and this investigation yeah. uh, by the NHL and NHLPA. Um, not sure that there'll be resolution by by the end of Friday, but uh, certainly something that uh, people are taking seriously. And and it's important that uh, you know if, if people are uncomfortable, as we've heard in some of the reporting, uh, that those concerns are voiced and uh, dealt with accordingly. Yeah, that uh, certainly has been the story in the world of hockey right now. But uh, for us here in Winnipeg, we're focusing on Penticton this weekend and training camp next week for the Winnipeg Jets, and of course a a huge move in local media with Ken Weave going to the Winnipeg Free Press. Hey, in all sincerity, man, you're the best. Congratulations. Really happy for you and uh, the entire team over there at the Free Press. Cannot wait to uh, see what you, Mike, Jeff, Taylor, Jay Bell have for uh, Josh, us yeah. hockey fans. Mike. The road. Yes, of course. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. And um, we'll look forward to uh, talk to you next week and uh, actually have players on the ice and uh, a bunch of storylines to kick around as the 2023-24 season is uh, just ahead of us. Have a great weekend, dude. Thanks, Huss. Uh, you as well. And uh, thankfully, we didn't have to spend any time talking about the uh, the aptly front page Texas Chainsaw Massacre that uh, the old Toronto Blue Jays just uh, occurred. And, uh, you know, and I also happy to, you know, one more shout out. I know we did it last week, but uh, had a great, another great session here with uh, with our pal Marshall Patterson. The uh, the putting intervention has, uh, has got a second uh, maneuver forward and uh, made, a, made a nice swing tweak in uh, you know, the Super pumped about the 2024 uh, Manitoba Golf Tour, Huss. And uh, yeah, hey, Marshall and, uh, also told us that he was out with you guys yesterday, and they were actually kind of do a full intervention 
with Rennie on the golf course. Um, has he, uh, is he willing to play the sport again after yeah. yesterday or is the retirement uh, still uh, up in the air? No, retirement on hold. Happy to report. Uh, Marshall has helped fix Sean uh, and, and his, his swing is also, we got Sean on the track, man. It looked pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, shout out to the uh, the uh, folks, great folks at uh, Breezy Bend as well. I uh, had a chance to play the new two new greens for the first time this year, Huss. Uh, awesome. Just awesome. Really, really great to see the courses really uh, coming in nicely there. Have a great weekend, pal. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. You as well, Huss. Thanks for having me and thanks for the kind words. Cheers, my man. All right. Good stuff with Kenny. Nice to see the uh, the. Putting woes have been taken care of by our friend Marshall, and I would have loved to have a video of Reynolds getting the run through yesterday at Breezy from Marsh as well. Um, very special guest coming up, Captain Adam Lowry. Just before we welcome in Adam to the program, I got to give a big shout out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. Gang, if you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, Shop at one of six Vita Health Fresh Market stores. And of course, you can pop in, or you can also check out their fully shoppable website online at myvita.ca, also including Winnipeg's largest selection of local products. Uh, and right now, you can get free local delivery when you place an order online. When checking out, just use the discount code LOCALSHIP, all one word, LOCALSHIP. More details are on the website. And hey, let's max out what we can get out of some hopefully pretty nice weather in later on in the weekend. Grilling season is still going. Check out those amazing, delicious grass-fed bison and beef steaks at Vita Health. And uh, you can wash those down with some sober carpenter beer, Santa Cruz lemonade. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six Winnipeg locations. And you can check them out online at myvita.ca. Well, everyone knows that Wallace & Wallace are the fencing experts in town. Um, you've seen their fences all around the city. What you might not know is they're also the leader in overhead doors, sales, and maintenance. Uh, and your overhead garage door had a lot of ups and downs this summer, working hard to get you to and from your summer fun. And it's about to work a whole lot harder because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today. For residential and commercial overhead door sales and service, there's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. Fellas, the fall's here. Hockey season is upon us. How's the closet looking? If you need to up your menswear game heading into the next few months, you got to head down to F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. The fellas at F have uh, the best in custom suits beginning at just 400 bucks along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. Getting married some point soon? 15% discount for all wedding parties when you get your suits at F Apparel. Pop by and see them at 190 Smith Street. Check them out online or make an appointment at F. That's EPHapparel.com. And hey, shout out to our pals, Nick and Nikki. Uh, it's been a great summer at DQ, but uh, hey, we love those blizzards 12 months a year. The summer blizzard flavors, which were so popular, still running right now at DQ. You can pop by at CM at DQ uh, Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. And don't forget, Nick and Nikki just opened up the new Pita Pit in Niverville. Fresh, quick, healthy, delicious, and they do great catering too. Pop by and see them in store or find out more online on X at Pita Pit Niverville. All right, let's welcome in <clears throat> the new captain of the Winnipeg Jets to Winnipeg Sports Talk, Adam Lowry. 
Adam, take two. Thanks for doing this. And uh, it's great to have you back on the program after a bit of an aborted visit earlier this week. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh, join all of us here on WST today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And sorry, uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, I think it's time I, I stop by the Apple store and get a new phone. So, um, no, I appreciate you guys being so accommodating and having me on. Listen, it's great to have you on, and uh, we totally get it. Um, it wouldn't be the first time we've had a mishap on this program. Uh, but, man, what a week it's been for you and the hockey club. Um, uh, you're named the third captain in Jets 2.0 history. Um, take us back to uh, the weekend, uh, the meetings when uh, you were offered the captaincy, and uh, um, how you're feeling about being a guy that's going to have a C on your chest, one of only 32 in the National Hockey League. Yeah, so it's this week's kind of been a whirlwind. Tuesday was super. You know, it was an incredible day. It was it was a, certainly a busy day. We, you know, I had some things with the Toba Center going on, and the the Bruce Oak Foundation. They had their gala that evening. So, um, with the announcement too, that was it was certainly a busy day, but it, it was a great day. I think uh, it certainly was a real special honor to to be able to be named the captain and. Uh, it's something I'm really looking forward to. I think going back to the conversation on the weekend with Chevy and Bones and Scott Arneal and, uh, you know, with them offering me the, the chance to, to be the captain of the Winnipeg Jets and, you know, ultimately accepting that uh, that role. It, uh, you know, it certainly was a special time. And then to, to have it announced and to see kind of how it was received and, you know, all the messages I was, was getting from friends, family, and uh, it, it's certainly uh, been a, a great week for me. Well, it was a big day for the organization as well. I mean, everyone was out there as well as uh, plenty of your teammates that were in town. Um, how long was it on your radar? Um, I mean, last year, of course, played without a captain. Uh, you were clearly one of the leaders wearing an A. Was this something that you thought about, you know, last season throughout the summer or, were you sort of just, you know, focusing on your own business, your own training, and uh, and it came up, you know, in the past few weeks? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it wasn't something I'd really given any thought to until I had a conversation with Bones. And we, we talked once in a while in the summer just to, you know, kind of catch up, see see how the summer's going. Um, you know, if there was any kind of news to share or things like that. And, you know, whether... He, he was planning on doing something different this year or just, you know, just casual conversation. And so, so I got a call from him kind of in the middle of August and didn't really expect it to be any different. And, you know, we, we got to talking and he mentioned that they were thinking about naming a captain and, you know, I, I could potentially be the guy and, you know, just to give it some thought and, and things like that. So that, that was really the, the first time where the, the thought of, it potentially being me or it being a reality kind of even crossed my mind. I think we look at, or I look at the guys I, I play with, the guys in the leadership group, Mark, Josh, and, you know, there, there's certainly other guys that, you know, I have a big role, big voice on our, our team that, you know, are certainly deserving of this as well. Um, so I, I think going through last year and into the summertime, it, it wasn't something I really had thought about a whole lot. And, until Saturday, I didn't really, you know, think that it was necessarily going to be me or like, you know, it hadn't really sunk in. And then even until the announcement Tuesday, it was kind of a surreal feeling going to bed the night before knowing that, you know, it was going to become official and, and things like that. Um, 
you know, it's still something that I'm trying to kind of absorb and enjoy. And I'm really looking forward to the first couple of games uh, getting to wear it. You know, it's, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, response has been uh, really positive, certainly here in the chat. I think everyone are getting tons of congratulations as well um, from uh, from Jet fans that are joining us today. You know, we had, um, listen, we talk a lot of Jets on this program. Um, it had been a big topic, uh, you know, really dating back to last year, knowing that eventually there would be a captain and you look at the team and certainly the leaders on the group um, and you know, we had really thought that it was in all likelihood going to be you or Josh Morrissey. And we'd had a number of, you know, polls where people were at. And it honestly came out as like a dead heat, like the closest polls we'd ever had. And, you know, depending on when we were talking about it, it might be a little skewed one way or the other. But it really became clear there was a couple of really, really great choices. Um, I don't think they could have gone wrong either way. Um, but you seem to be close. I'm just wondering, have you talked to Josh about this? And uh, how do you see the two of you still working very much in tandem as um, big, big roles on the leadership group, despite one guy having a C, one guy having an A on his jersey? Yeah, I think this is where we got cut off the other day. Yeah. And I thought maybe you thought, uh, you know, I'd had enough. But uh, <laughs> no, and like I said in the press conference, I, I, I think this doesn't change a whole lot. Um, you know, we have such a great group of guys and with the support of Josh and Mark. And, um, you know, I, I think if anyone was wearing it, I think they would have the full support of, you know, the, the other two guys, the other guys in the locker room. And um, it just so happened that Josh was down at uh, the NHL media tour in Vegas. So we were actually dog sitting ace, his, his golden. And uh, so we got to see him when they came back, we, we had a great chat and, you know, we were sending messages back and forth when he was gone. Um, but uh, he he was super happy. He was super supportive of you know, me being named the captain, and I think you know it shows what a great teammate he is, what a great leader. Um, obviously, you know I'm sure there was a little bit of disappointment. Uh, you know he's such a big part of our team. He's such a big part of the community that you know, it would have been a tremendous honor for him as well. But uh, the message he sent me, you know, the, the talk we had when he came to pick up Ace and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was great, and I, I'm really looking forward to continuing to work with them and continuing to grow. And I, I think, as a leadership group, as a team, you know, every year, every day, we're we're just trying to get better. I think we took a step in the right direction last year under Bones, and we're looking to take another step in you know the ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup. And I think every day, kind of trying to learn from each other and using each other for support and and different things. There's certainly things I'm good at and there's certainly things Mark and Josh are really good at as well in terms of the way they lead, the way they conduct themselves, the way they kind of bring along the young guys or integrate other guys into the locker room that, you know, I, I think it's certainly going to still be a collective between, you know, not only just the three of us, but a, a ton of guys in the room. How much, um, Adam, have you thought much, <clears throat> or maybe this will, you'll sort of learn as you get into, because obviously uh, this has just been announced and, Training camp hasn't even started yet, but how do you think things change for you, uh, if at all, going into this season? I mean, you're still that same guy. You've earned this opportunity as already being a big leader on the club. Um, have you thought at all about, um, you know, wearing the C, what goes into it? And, um, I mean, if anything, will much be different for uh, what you had to do last year because you already were wearing an A. You were one of the guys were, you know, speaking to the media the most frequently by far. Just wondering, um, you know, if things do change very much for you. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't think it'll it'll change a whole lot. I think, you know, now we're not going to be rotating for the ceremonial face-offs, like I said on Wednesday. Yeah. I think that's one of the ones. And I had Todd Woodcroft actually text me, you know, yeah, I better be over 50% in those this year. He's not going to talk to me again. So <laughs> um, it, it's one of those things where I, I think, you know, I, some of the advice I've gotten from past captains and, you know, around the league talking to Jacob and stuff as cliche as it is it's you can't really change what got you to this point that's the reason they chose or made you you captain so um I, I can't see it changing a whole lot there might be some added responsibility off the ice maybe a little more kind of bigger head roles in the community and things like that but you know I, I think we'll, we'll continue to do it as a collective we'll continue to do it as a team. So um, I, I can't imagine it, it changing a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, it was the first to act as a captain. I mean, you have to act as the greeter for all the prospects coming in <clears> before <throat> they head out to Penticton right now? Or uh, does that happen more around training camp when everyone's together? Yeah, yeah you know what? I, I think around training camp, uh, you know, we're, we're getting our workouts in there, up there, and they're, they're busy. They, they get shuttled through so many things. And, you know, it's a bit of a whirlwind for them. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting to know some of the the new prospects and some of the younger guys a little better. We'll, we'll get the opportunity to skate with them next week. And, you know, hopefully they have a good showing in Penticton and they're able to shake off some of that rust. So, you know, they're, they're not too nervous coming into camp. I think that's one of those things where as an older guy, you want to make those guys feel as comfortable as they can. I know, you know, I, I remember my first few training camps, you're, you're seeing some of these guys you, you've watched on TV for a long time. The, and, you know, you don't want to miss a pass. You don't want to screw up. And then, you know, you're almost a little frozen and it takes you a couple of skates to get into it. So I think, you know, we're certainly going to try and make sure the, these guys feel comfortable. They, they feel at home. They feel a part of the organization. We're really excited to have them in it. And we know they're going to be a huge part of the team, you know, in the not so distant future. So um, when they get back from Penticton, I think that's when we're really going to be able to sit down and get to know them a little more. You know, uh, it, 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 just having this conversation about the young players reminds me of a, uh, a of a quote I'll always remember from Zidane Ochara when he was the uh, the captain of the Bruins, and he said, you know, in this room, you know, we don't have we don't have rookies. I mean, if people are here, if they're on their team, they're putting on the jersey, they're National Hockey Leaguers, and they deserve the same amount of respect as everybody else in this room. And I thought it was really interesting, and I think it speaks to the team building and the and the culture that they built there in Boston. And obviously, there's a lot of winners in that room. Um, where are you at with all of that? Uh, you know, and, and your role as captain. Um, you know, as, as as making new players, whether they're, for instance, like the guys in LA coming from trades, or younger players that don't have the experience of most uh, other guys trying to make them feel as comfortable as possible to, um, you know, get the best performance out and make them feel a part of the team. Oh, I, I think that's a great philosophy chart had. Obviously, you know, I, you might come in and you, you see a guy playing 22, 23 minutes and you might automatically kind of designate, you know, what he's more important to the team. But, you know, at the same time, if you're in the lineup, you're on the team, there, there's going to be a time where, you're going to have to impact the game positively. And, you know, whether you're playing a minimal role or a huge role, it's, you know, we're all kind of pulling on the same rope. We're heading in the same direction. And, you know, it, it doesn't make your value any less than another guy's just because, you know, he's playing more or he's making more money or 
or anything like that. I think it's important that, you know, as, as we put on the Jersey, we all feel equally valued. We all feel like, you know, if we have something to say, we, we can say it, uh, we can be comfortable with who we are. We don't have to hide our personalities or, or things like that. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's certainly an important part of our team is, you know, we want a cohesive group. We want guys to be comfortable being who they are, have fun at the rink and, you know, build those off ice relationships because ultimately I think if you have a close team off the ice, you know, you're, you're going to you know, play harder for each other and you're going to see some positive benefit on the ice as well. Jets captain Adam Lowry with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Adam, we were just mentioning the prospects uh, uh, tournament and, and, you know, I mean, all these years sort of just blend into one long, never ending hockey season. But when you came as a youngster, as a rookie, did you play in that tournament? Yeah, I actually, my last year, I think I capped, or, well, I did captain the team. I think I was 21. It was been the first year I made the Jets coming out of St. John's. So I, I played in it uh, a few times from the time the Jets came back. And then there was the one-year lull because of the lockout. But I think I played in three. And, you know, it, it's it's awesome. Like, it's honestly, it's one of the best times as a prospect. You kind of really get to know some of the other ones um you know i got to room with mark you know i had at a couple of them and you get to start building those relationships and you might not be playing on the big club right away but you know some of those guys ended up playing in st john's with and we kind of went through the whole process of going through junior finishing your junior career starting your pro career and um yeah, I have terrific memories, you know, from Penticton playing there, even the days off. Uh, it, it's a great tournament. I'm, I'm glad that the, the kids get to go back and they get to experience it because I certainly have some fond memories from it. Yeah, I mean, I imagine, you know, there's also a comfort level, too, for the young guys that uh, you get a chance to get some game action um, as well, you know, with other guys, sort of their contemporaries that are looking to make that next step. Um because, you know, in a few days, you're going to be on the ice with a bunch of established National Hockey Leaguers and things get ramped up a bit. And, uh, and I guess from a team perspective and even you as a captain now looking at things overall, um, comfort is important. Uh, giving the people the chance to, to feel comfortable um, because, I mean, it's sometimes an uncomfortable business in a lot of different ways, even on a game-by-game basis. Um but, you know, wanting things to move smooth, move smoothly and allow everyone to be at their best. It's a, it's a big part of it. And I imagine young players probably feel a little bit more ready getting into the grind of an NHL training camp, having to have this preceding them going into uh, when things get going with the big club. Yeah, for sure. I, I think shaking off the rust, getting some of that game action in. So, you know, when the scrimmages kind of starts and then the, the NHL exhibition games start, um, you know, they, they've kind of gotten used to some of the speed. They've started to make the, those adaptions where you know, they, they're comfortable playing at a faster speed. They, they've got their head up. They, they know where guys are going to be coming from. And, you know, at training camp, there, there's certainly a lot of competition. There's a lot of competition for jobs. You, you want everyone to have the best opportunity to put their best foot forward and, you know, have a good showing. So I, I think it, it sets up the younger guys great it allows them to get their feet wet in a setting where you know maybe they're not getting critiqued as hard so when the they step on the ice for the first time with the big group and you know with the established guys that they're they're at a spot where they're really comfortable with their game they have that confidence and 
we can kind of see the potential of what what they can bring and what they're going to look like as future pros. Uh, Adam, uh, just quickly, how the uh, how this informal skate's been with your teammates, uh, as well as the new guys that have come over, particularly the three new players coming over in the Dubois trade from the Kings. Yeah, they they've been great. It's it's nice to finally have everyone in town and get caught up. I think you know it, you're around these guys so much during the season that uh, you kind of you start to miss them. I think you know it's sometimes nice to have a little bit of space, but. You know, halfway through the summer, you're you know you're texting, you're calling guys to to see how their summers have been, and you're almost itching for training camp to start, and you know just to catch up, see how guys' summers were, um, you know, see where they traveled and things like that, and get back on the ice and see the improvements in in guys' games. It's it's been great, and then starting to get to know the the guys from LA and um, seeing the potential that potential impact they can have on our lineup. All three of them look great right now. And I think we're really excited about the opportunity of integrating them into our lineup and the amount of depth it gives us. And yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to certainly replace Doobie and wheels. And those are two big pieces out of our lineup, but adding a guy like Alex and Gabe and Rasmus, uh, we're really looking forward to what they can do for us. Uh, They all look like they have a lot of skill. They're all great skaters, big bodies and, uh, you know, I, I think it gives us tremendous depth one through four. So it's it's going to be a good year in Winnipeg. We have a lot of optimism that uh, we're going to continue to get better. And you know, that's uh, that's going to start next Wednesday. Adam Lowry, captain of the Winnipeg Jets with us. Adam, before we go, we had a great chat with Neil Pionk and he spoke about just uh, I mean, he was really fired up. He looked so excited <laughs> to get out there and uh, get going. But we also talked about and I always like to bring this up the Jets Fantasy League. Uh, tell us about your week one, who your partner is, and how are things looking for the Lowry squad? Uh, so I, I share a team with Dylan DeMello, and fortunately, yeah, we had Dave Velarde over at the house when we were doing the draft, and he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan, and he's got Dak, he's got CD, and he's sharing a team with Logan Stanley, who wasn't able to be on the draft, so he's kind of overseen it, and then of course, he gets Dallas's D, who Dylan and I had last year, and they absolutely stomped on us. So, um, it, was, it was a tough week one for uh, Mr. DeMello and I, and uh, we, we had A.J. Brown going last night in the Thursday nighter, and uh, having that touchdown called back really hurt us. But uh, we're very optimistic about our team. We're, we're slow starters, kind of like the Bengals, and we'll get out of the gate and you know, hopefully we can tread water till our guys get going. So. Do you have Do you have a particular allegiance to one NFL team? I'm a Bengals fan, so it kind of started. You know, I was an Andy Dalton fan. I have an Andy Dalton jersey, and um, you know, Joel Armia and I used to watch the Bengals games with him and Giovanni Bernard. I think it was the year Aaron Rodgers broke his collarbone. I needed to pick up a quarterback on the waiver wire. And, I got him, so yeah, I, I'm loyal to the Bengals. Well, I'm a Chiefs guy. We'll see you New Year's Eve, and we'll probably see you in the playoffs again no, at some point. You know what? The Chiefs are just, <laughs> they just get it done. They just find ways. They're, they're so good. I hope uh, that game's high-scoring affair. <laughs> yeah, take the over. <laughs> they yeah. say when those teams get going. Listen, congratulations again. Uh, it is a huge honor. Very well-deserved. Um, tons of congrats and well wishes from everyone here in the chat, and uh Wishing uh, you have have a great weekend because uh, it gets real next week. So enjoy it. For sure. Look forward to seeing you down at the rink and throughout the season. But uh, best of luck to you with the captaincy and uh, best of luck coming up this season, Adam. Thanks so much for doing this.
Thanks so much for having me. We'll see you soon. Great stuff. There's Jets captain Adam Lowry on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Really appreciate him giving up the time to join us here on WST today. Uh, we just talked a tiny little bit of NFL with with uh, Adam at the end of that interview. We're going to continue that convo with uh, you-know-who, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, coming up in just a second. Of course, big Bomber game tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. kickoff, Bombers in Hamilton. Uh, we'll get to the lines for Cool Bet a little bit later on before we do marbles. But, of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsor of all our Bomber content and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And, of course, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Check them out online at princessauto.com or pop by in their two Winnipeg locations, Panit Road or Portage Avenue West. Uh, what a summer it's been for our friends at Consolidated Supply. Um, but the work doesn't stop heading into fall because they are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, both outdoor and indoor. And of course, not just regular golf carts, as you'd imagine, but all sorts of amazing vehicles for commercial use as well as the exclusive, uh, exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. The Consolidated Supply also has uh, have great other options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. Pop by and see them at their showroom, open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. And don't forget, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. Uh, folks, it's tent sale time at Royal Sports. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. it gets going, Saturday and Sunday, and there are thousands, literally thousands of pairs of shoes, racks and racks of merchandise, everything, 50% off and sometimes even more. Uh, if you've never been to one of the Royal Sports tent sales, it really does need to be seen to be believed. Uh, I can tell you on many occasions I've rolled down and got great deals and ended up leaving with five or six pairs of shoes. Um, if you uh, if you like a great deal, and I know Winnipeggers do, make a point of getting down to Royal Sports tomorrow. The tent sale gets going at 10 a.m. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for more details on the tent sale. Uh, but 750 Pemina Highway, you know where to go. And, of course, if you need NFL merch, bomber, Jets gear, uh, the number one hockey superstore in town. It's all there at Royal Sports as well. And just before we bring in Hacksaw, tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m., Bombers Ticats, NFL Sunday, best place to watch the big game, always your local Boston pizza. Enjoy ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. And, hey, if you're staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, big thanks to Adam Lowry. Now let's welcome in Lee Hacksaw Hamilton as we get into week two of the NFL schedule. Hacksaw, great to have you back on the program. What what do you think of that Eagles-Vikes game last night before we dive into everything coming up on the weekend? Uh, yeah, I was stunned with four fumbles along the way, but let's be honest. Uh, Minnesota had a great year last year. I think they ambushed a lot of people. I think they snuck up on people with what the new coach, Kevin O'Connell, who's a friend of mine, was running. I think people have caught up with them. At the same time, they've really chopped that roster up. Now, maybe it's age. Maybe it's because the defense was really poor last season. Uh, maybe it was a cap issue because of the contracts they're going to have to give out. But it's just not the same football team. So I don't think there's any 13-3 and season coming Minnesota this year. But that being said, the guys were in green. 
those are warriors. They make every game a street fight. I mean, they are big, they are physical, they are explosive, they can pound the ball, just talk about DeAndre Swift, and then obviously what they do defensively, and their defense got even better because they went back into the draft and they drafted more guys from the University of Georgia. I, I think Harry Rosenbaum might be the best general manager in the National Football League in terms of player procurement that nobody knows about. So I thought Philadelphia would win, but man, when it was 27-7, I said, how could this be this lopsided? But as I say, when you put it on the floor four times, you don't have much of a chance to win. And Philadelphia took the foot off the pedal. And yeah, Kirk Cousins can throw a ton when they're not playing great defense. So I think Minnesota's in for a bit of a long season and Philadelphia's Philadelphia. I'm not going to say, well, let's fast forward to the NFC Championship game right now to play the 49ers, but we might be talking about those two teams in the NFC Championship game in January. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys look great. They'll have something to say about that. But, you know, of course, Lee, before we get into everything coming up this weekend, I mean, the biggest story really in sports was Aaron Rodgers going out 75 seconds into his year with the New York Jets. Um, I mean, what was your reaction to it? And what? where does this leave the Jets, who have a pretty great roster, uh, but unfortunately a quarterback that doesn't seem like any people, including many in the organization, have a lot of faith in? Oslo, now that you hit the reset button for our podcast, hit the rewind button, go back to last Friday when we did our NFL division-by-division division preview. And my, the statement that came out of my mouth about the Jets was, Aaron Rodgers changes the culture. But if they fix the offensive line in front of Aaron Rodgers, well, what happened was he got hit on the first three plays. I mean, he got flushed, he got sacked, he got tackled for a loss, he had to scramble, and then he tried to pirouette out of pass pressure and his cleats caught on the turf, and boom, was the Achilles tendon. Uh, is it the end of the season before the seasons really began? I'm not going to say that because this is a different Jets team. Now, I'm not nominating Zach Wilson for Pro Bowl or Hall of Fame yet, However, the kid out of BYU who had to play his first year and was just absolutely overwhelmed, played last year with no offensive line in front of him. Four of their tackles were all done with surgeries. He's got a better team in front of him and around him right now, and they added a couple of Aaron Rodgers wide receivers from Green Bay. So I think there's a better collection of people for Nathaniel Hackett to get the ball to with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. And Obviously, Wilson knows the, a bunch of the playbook because they kept a bunch of it in, even though Hackett came on board. In terms of Rodgers, uh, this is a tough injury to come back from, especially at age 40. The only difference, though, is if you're a wideout, if you're a running back and you have to be explosive, if you're a cornerback who has to run on every play and pivot and crossing patterns and all that, coming back from an Achilles at those other positions is really hard. Now, at age 40, it's a long road back for Aaron Rodgers, but we're talking pocket passer. We're not talking about a scramble guy, and we just know who his persona is. If anybody can come back from an Achilles, it might be him. The position, though, I think he can play with a repaired Achilles where somebody else might not be able to. You know, well, I mean, obviously lost in all of the conversation about the Jets and the quarterback position was an incredible comeback win by a team that everything, everyone I think had left for dead, myself included, at halftime. But, Lee, I just, what did you think of the Bills on Monday night? Um, speaking of not being able to get out of their own way. Hey, there's some things going on in Buffalo that I, I don't like and I don't understand. I mean, Josh Allen, I think, is a phenomenal talent. I mean, I've watched him in person when he was out here at Wyoming. 
and he has grown as a quarterback. I go back to that first game against uh, the Jets, and his mechanics are so screwed up, and his inability to make accurate throws while he was moving, and he was thrown from weird angles, bad angles, cross the body, all this junk that he used to do as a rookie. Maybe that's a, a one-time aberration, but they're going to need to focus on his delivery and his footwork because you just can't turn the bloody ball over the amount of times he did. And that's a stud, but he keeps doing it. You know, at the end of last season, he did it too at a rather alarming rate. So they need to get in that video room and they need to show him and he needs to concentrate on his footwork, on his stride, on his release point. And when he makes decisions to throw, because he threw stuff in that game that I haven't seen since his first or second year. And he used to get away with that stuff at Wyoming. Now, I'm not going to say he's regressed. Man, that was a bad, bad outing. And, you know, the other storyline that I, we have to pay attention to, I think the Bills are a complete team. If Josh Allen is Josh Allen, and they've added a power running game uh, with Latavius Murray coming on board to join James Cook, I think the thing that I'm concerned about is Stephon Diggs. As great a player as he is, he get, tends to be a great distraction. And he had another incident this week with a member of the media. Just went off with a member of the media who made a comment about Diggs and being selfish and all that. Uh, you know, Sean McDermott cannot afford to have that guy go off track and on a tangent because he's unhappy with something going on in that locker room or in the media work room, et cetera. So they got work to be done. It was one bad outing. I hope it's a one-off for Josh Allen. He's got to go back to be what he was before. Hacksaw, what is the latest with Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts? We know that he can't play for the first four weeks, but uh, I'm sure Colts fans, a lot of fantasy owners wondering what is the future for Taylor this season? Well, it's a bad relationship. It's been gasoline's been thrown on the fire by Jim Irsay and some of the stuff that he said. There was no reason to say what he said, but the point he said, he makes the job of the general manager trying to get a contract extension done virtually impossible. Taylor's a hell of a player. It's about the only credible thing they've had in the last couple of years as the franchise was destroyed by injuries. And he's had his own set of injuries and ankle surgery and all that. And let's be honest, Andrew, he's outplayed his contract. Now, nobody wants to give running backs $10 million a year over multi-year deals because of the injury factor in the position they play. does not mean you can't take care of him. does not mean you can't put incentive clauses in the contract that could bump him up in salary. I don't think anybody's going to franchise tag a running back in this modern-day NFL just because of the one-year dollar value on it. But they're evidently shopping him again. And he's got two more weeks that he'll be on this IR, short-term injured reserve. And they're talking to Green Bay. Uh, they talk, they're talking again to Miami. They did talk to Dallas. Now, is it, somebody going to give up a number one for Jonathan Taylor? Probably not. It's not to say you wouldn't give up a two and a five. It's not to say maybe he wouldn't give up a three that becomes a, a conditional two if he has a heavy heavyweight season. You know, the, the kid had 4,800 all-purpose yards in like three and a half years in Indy, and they had all types of quarterback crisis, and he was still productive till he got dinged up. So I would think he's probably going to be dealt either before he comes off IR or right after he comes off IR. And I think it's just a bad situation, and the owner hasn't helped the situation at all. You know, one, uh, one team that... Um you know, just sort of came to mind is the Ravens. Um, they lost J.K. Dobbins for the season. I mean, they've got Justice Hill there. They've got Gus Edwards, who's a, I don't listen, a legitimate NFL running back. Um, but I did wonder whether 
the Ravens got a little aggressive and uh, maybe not necessarily doing the long-term deal, but at least getting him in there for the rest of the season and seeing if they can, because, uh, you know, I mean, they've got weapons. We know that Lamar Jackson is, um, but having that strong running game has always helped the Ravens do all the other things in a multifaceted offense. Well, it's a terrible blow because there's a second major injury in pro for J.K. Dobbins. And go back to my initial uh, additional statement that, you know, running back, Achilles, that's a bad that's a bad injury to try to come back from and try to be the guy you were before you went down. You know, and all this stuff is being caused by turf and guys planning and, and you know, ankles exploding. Sometimes guys get hit and get bent in a bad an injury. But a, a preponderance of these have just come because these are such powerful players planting their feet on the turf and making a cut move and boom, uh, the tendon goes. Now, they might look at him. But, you know, I think the big issue, and Baltimore's never been afraid to spend money. The big issue is, are you going to pay second-round draft pick to try to get him? And then what kind of player are you getting for this season when he comes back from the ankle surgery? And then the other part of the equation, what's it going to cost to keep the guy? Uh, but they've changed, tried to change the offense. I mean, they went out and got Odell Beckham, and they got Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders, and they got three young wide receivers, and they got Lamar Jackson, plus, as you say, that the cachet of running backs that are still there behind Dobbins, they're going to throw the football a lot more than they have in the past. Now they're probably going to have to throw it a lot more with Dobbins gone. But I'm, I'm fascinated to see when they really open the playbook to see what Odell Beckham Jr. adds, because I do think if they keep him on the field healthy, it's going to be a different Baltimore team and a much more dangerous down-the-field Baltimore team. Well, eight can run the ball, too. They obviously do have a great running back, the guy that's going to get it. Um, uh, what... Uh... <laughs> Denver, listen, new head coach, same thing. Um, if this team could just get to 20 points, they would have won 10 games last year, Lee. Uh, um, I mean, 17-16 home loss to the Raiders to begin the Sean Payton era in Denver. Sean Payton doesn't have any players right now. If this is not a Russell Wilson situation. He has lost his three top wide receivers who were running mates for Cortland Sutton. He's got one NFL-experienced wide receiver. He just lost his defensive end, Frank Clark. He's gone for probably four weeks. Baron Browning, their outstanding young inside linebacker, has been hurt since last year. He's not ready to play. They just lost one of their cornerbacks. I mean, Sean Payton's walked into a situation, all of a sudden he's got half a roster. So the Denver media is piling on Russell Wilson, but you got to look deeper into the equation to understand what's going on there. He just does not have as much players around him now as they'd hoped for. I was so excited to see Peyton and his dynamics and everything he brings to the table with what they had on the roster the day he was hired. And now they've lost all these school guys, and now they're losing defensive players. So, yeah, it's it's really tough in Denver right now. Um, I've got to ask you about the Chargers just before we get to the, the, uh, the game. Now, Lee, you know, I mean, I... I'm not talking too much because the Chiefs did lose to the Detroit Lions and were the authors of their own demise with Kadarius Tony. But I, you know, we talk about charging and we know what happened in the playoffs last year. How about this? You stat? read my column, didn't you? You read my <laughs> column on charging. Since 2000, teams that rushed for 200 yards in a game allowed fewer than 100 rushing yards, didn't turn over the ball, and won the turnover margin by two or more. We're a hundred and ten and oh until Sunday. <laughs> and the Chargers. Like, I mean, Brandon Staley's supposed to be a defensive coach. Their offense is lights out. Um, is this just another part of like is this team cursed or 
Um, is he going to be on the hot seat because the defense, which is supposed to be what he brings to the table, and they've spent a lot of draft capital on, just can't get stops? Answered your, all your questions. We can move on to the next topic since you already got all my answers. No, uh, I, I concur with you. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that you sit there and you watch and say, how the hell is this happening? That's a great offense. They ran 76 plays. Now, they didn't throw the ball real well, but they did pound it. Miami was worn out in the heat and humidity of SoFi Stadium, but they didn't fold their tent. And then when they needed it, Vic Fangio went to the back of his playbook and pulled two delayed blitzes out on the final possession that they had not shown all game. And those safeties and a linebacker had free runs and sacked Justin Herbert twice in the final three snaps of the game. Uh, Tua, 466 yards passing. Tua, 45 dropbacks, was touched one time. Now, they're paying all this money to Joey Bosa and all this money to Khalil Mack, and they got J.C. Jackson they give the world to, and he can't bleep and cover anybody. I mean, they are just right now half a defensive team, and I don't care what philosophy you're exposing. This is the same thing that happened last year when they fell apart at the end and wound up losing the playoff game to Jacksonville. So I'm, I'm not calling for Brandon Staley's head. I am calling the general manager and the president of football operations out by saying you gave J.C. Jackson $63 million as a free agent from New England. He doesn't fit the defense you're running, and he was as bad Sunday as he was the first four games last year when he debuted before he got hurt. He can't cover. He can't play press coverage in this defense. So there's just a lot of problems defensively, and uh, now it gets worse for them because they, they leave L.A. and they go to Tennessee, and Tennessee got – blasted last week on the road because Ryan Tannehill kept throwing interceptions. Have you seen the weather forecast in Nashville on Sunday? Hot, humid, and a 100% chance of Derrick Henry running the damn football. <laughs> and they, they play with their, quote, hair on fire in Nashville, and I'm a big Mike Vrabel fan. By Sunday night, Chargers are 0-2. Do you think people have been critical so far? Better not get off the plane 0-2 coming back from Nashville. It's going to be a really tough game, but their offense is great. The Bolts' offense is fabulous with uh, Justin Herbert. He's got to fix the defense. But these guys still aren't playing very well, and they're paying a lot of money to a lot of guys on the defensive side of the football. So that all falls under the umbrella of my favorite term, chargering. If it can go wrong involving that team, it will go wrong and they'll lose. Um, Lee, speaking of staring 0-2 in the face, that's where the Chiefs are. They got a tough game this weekend. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars are no joke um, good news, though, for the Chiefs. Uh, their two all-stars that were out in week one are back. Travis Kelsey will play, and uh, just as important on the defensive line, Chris Jones is back. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? To me, this is one of the juiciest of, this, of the weekend. Well, I don't know if I want to call it a trap game. Jacksonville is improved, and they play really hard for Doug Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've added, a, I think, a big play wide receiver now that Calvin Ridley came from Atlanta, came off suspension. Uh, I, I, I think it's a different team. They don't have a ton of Pro Bowl skill guys, but they have guys that play pretty well around the kid quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, there's two reservations I have about Kansas City. But Chris Jones has not practiced nor played in seven weeks because he was not there for the OTAs, was not there then for preseason. And I know he works out. I know he's a physical fitness freak and all that. He's a freak of a defensive tackle. I don't know how many snaps he's going to be able to actually play this weekend in Jacksonville. Uh, can you say heat and humidity? Um, Travis Kelsey, 
bruised bone in the knee, those things don't heal in 15 minutes. So if he gets another hit on the leg, what, how, how does that feel? And how many snaps will he be afforded? I do think Kansas City will come back. I, I think I mentioned last Friday, and this is the thing that we got, you got to pay real close attention to. Um, I thought that first game that Kansas City lost, I thought the receivers, aside from dropping the balls, I thought they ran sloppy routes. I thought they were really undisciplined. And, you know, I mentioned last week, Eric Bieniemy, who was the offensive coordinator for Andy Reid, he was really tough on those guys in practice. I mean, you did it his way or you went back and you did it again, and he was on your case all the time. What I saw from Kadarius Tony and those other guys, really sloppy routes, cutouts, things of that, and then drop passes and that's focus. So I bet Kansas City's receivers have really been under the microscope. I bet they've been coached really hard. I think you'll see a different Kansas City offensive unit in Jacksonville. Of course, they're going to need it because Jacksonville pretty rugged defensively. Certainly hope so. Lee, great uh, as always. Um, fill people in on uh, well the pod. I mean, I know you've got lots to talk about this week when it comes to both the Chargers and the rest of the NFL. Uh, and, of course, the packed daily visit to LeeHacksawHamilton.com. Well, I write every day on my website, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. It's an absolute ton of information. It covers every sport there is, including your religion, not Catholicism, but NHL hockey. Uh, also, my podcast is up there. Uh, ask you to subscribe. It's absolutely free. There's nothing in the world except this podcast and my podcast free. You pay for everything else in the globe. So subscribe and share it with, with all your friends. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you how dynamic this thing has become. And it's all your fault because you introduced me to all this. I did on Instagram a one-minute commentary. I do a bunch of them. We post them. I did a one-minute commentary on the Chargers. Is Brandon Staley the right head coach? Based on what we've seen over his couple of plus years as head coach. Hustler, we had 101,000 hits in the first 33 hours on my pod, on my, my vertical video commentary on the Chargers. So, yeah, there's people out there. You get them. I get them. I'm glad we do the job that we do to serve the fans out there. A hundred K on the gram. How about that? Hacksaw? <laughs> Give him a follow at Lee Hacksaw Hamilton sports on Insta and go to the website. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton.com for more Lee. Enjoy the games this weekend. Two games on Monday night this week. I always like that. And uh, we'll uh, do this again next week as we head into week three. Thank you for your time as always. I will bring the Canadian club. You bring the Boston pizza next Monday. Hustle, have yourself a great sports weekend and hello to your fans in Winnipeg. Done deal, Hacksaw. There he is, Lee. Always my uh, favorite part of Friday's show, along with the marble race and marble registration is open. I see many people have already done it. If you maybe weren't paying attention to the chat, I've just been listening. Now's the time to throw in exclamation mark marbles. And we uh, apparently... Apparently, Remus has a wild track for today. I have not seen it yet, but anticipation, anticipation it's good. is definitely, definitely very high. Um, let me quickly get to the cool bet lines, and then uh, Remus and Connor will jump on. We'll have a little chat, and we'll get ready for some fun uh, marbles. But again, exclamation yeah, mark man. marbles in the chat if you haven't already. Um, bomber game tomorrow. This game's been pretty solid all week long, no movement, minus 110 on either sides. Bombers, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ticats. Again, 3 o'clock kickoff tomorrow afternoon. Tonight, 
It's the Argos laying six and a half on the road in Montreal after beating them by, what, 29 last week at home. And uh, the Riders are three-point favorites at home against the Edmonton Elks in tonight's late game. Dusty will have the call on that one from Regina. BC, nine-and-a-half-point favorites in BC. I'll get to our exclusives in a second, uh, but as far as the uh, full NFL slate is out there, we made our best bets today on the lock shop. A couple of interesting line moves. Packers open at one-point favorites. Atlanta is now a two-point favorite at home against Green Bay. I'm surprised. I still like Green Bay in that game. Uh, and about, as far as the big boys that need to win to avoid going 0-2, Bills, eight-point favorites against the Raiders. Bengals, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ravens. And the Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point road favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, all the NFL options are there with additional prop bets for all the games. But if you click over to the exclusives, click on the Lock Shop Partner Parlay. Uh, if you want a, U, a little U-Sports action tonight, there's a double whammy of Alberta Golden Bears and Elks for uh, the EST Parlay. Um, but our Lock Shop Partner Parlay for the CFL is there. We're taking the, the good teams, the big favorites to cover this week. Plus 660, Argos minus 6.5, Bombers minus 6.5, Lions minus 9.5. Don't usually lay that many points, but... Um, I think there's a great case that all these teams win big this weekend. The lock shop partner parlay is the Niners minus six and a half dolphins minus two and a half and the Packers plus one and a half. That is at plus six ten. And I've also got a ride with Huss. Put this one together. I like Baltimore plus three and a half. I like the Niners minus seven and a half. We've, and we've got an extra half point with the bears in Tampa Chicago plus three and a half. That one's at plus 625. Uh, they're all up right now in the exclusive sections. If you do want to jump on those, I'd suggest you do it sooner as opposed to later. Often the lines will change and the number may come down, uh, but that is all there at CoolBet. And if you haven't played a CoolBet before, use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And for all you CoolBetters already there, um, click on into the pro, uh, the uh, promotions slide, and uh, if you bet thirty bucks on the NFL, CFL, or NCAA this weekend, when you opt in on this on the promo, you'll get a free fifteen dollar bet on Tuesday. So that's all there in the promos as well. All right, last call for marbles today, everybody. Get those in right now. And while we're doing that, I'm going to give a big shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Man, we had an amazing time last week or last Wednesday. And again, a big thanks to everyone that joined us at Little Brown Jug on the patio for our sports trivia night. We'll do another one probably some point in the new year. Um, but in the meantime, 6 to 11 tonight, doing a little campfire party tonight. Uh, great deals on Little Brown Jug merchandise, beers and more. 6 to 11 tonight at Little Brown Jug. And a week tomorrow is the big Nuit Blanche party. Hargrave at Williams going to be blocked off on both sides. Huge rager outside. Who knows how late it's going to go, but uh, it will be the party of the year at Little Brown Jug. So make a point of uh, putting that in the calendar as well. Of course, you can get the great taste of Little Brown Jug wherever you get great beer. And again, thanks again to the great staff there for the way they took care of us earlier this week um big shout out to breezy bend 
uh, for their great support. If you're looking for a great long-term home for you and your family at Win- Winnipeg's top private courses, Breezy is the spot. Find out more online at breezyben.ca or give our pal Corey Johnson a call at the clubhouse and find out more about getting on the waiting list for the 2024 season for membership at Breezy. And a big shout-out to the gang at Aikens Lake. I know they got a couple more weekends before they shut it down for the summer and what a summer it's been. Uh, but they're booking well into 2024 right now. If you'd like to make plans now for a world-class fly-in fishing getaway where you can be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg, Aikens is the spot, and as incredible as the fishing is, take it from me, the hospitality of the Turan family and the Aikens team is that much better. Aikenslake.com. Hit them up on X at Aikens Lake as well. All right. We got a marble race to get to. And we've got Michael Remus, and we've got a we've got an official introduction of uh, I guess to begin intern Connor Harabchuk, who uh, we rolled out the red carpet for as our first round pick. Um, boys, get back in here and uh, let's get it on. Uh, uh, Connor, can you uh, can you hear us? Welcome to welcome officially to the program. I can hear you loud and clear. Thank you for having me. Um, this is just such an incredible opportunity. Um, thank you guys both again. I've thanked you privately, but publicly on the show. Thank you. I, I can't thank you guys enough. Hey, this is awesome. How's it been? How's it been behind the scenes watching the magic of the CTO do his thing? Well, yeah, it seems like a lot, a uh, lot to learn, but uh, I, I'm slowly picking up on a few things. He's, uh, he's got a million tabs open, uh, open on this other, this other laptop. And I, I can't keep up over here, but yeah, it's going all right. Yeah, you, you won't learn it all in one day. Uh, he did he did graduate in three weeks from the University of YouTube, but has been going back for more courses um, <laughs> throughout these last nearly three years, uh, but it's going well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously we had some fun with that uh, up at Little Brown Jug, but um, we are really excited to have you on board and not, uh, Here's to bigger and better things moving forward. But um, we're, uh, we're we're absolutely geeked. Um, we've loved the content that you've done with Level Flight and your writing. And uh, I think this is going to be the start of a, a great addition to the WST team. So uh, an official welcome before we get into the most popular event of the week, which is, of course, the Marble Race. Yeah, we're just getting it all uh, set up here. We we tested this track, Hus, before. So last call, we'll cut it all off right now uh, to uh, to get the marbles in. And um, Remus, I think that you know on Fridays, if Connor, when Connor is here, I think we need to put a Hus marble, a Remus marble, and a Connor marble in. And uh, I've got a little post-it note here. We can have a running a running tally of uh, who wins. In the uh, in the three-headed matchup between uh, the WST team, yeah. Sorry, I'm just working through some audio stuff here. I wasn't set up for another uh, another person in here, but uh, we're all good. Uh, I can set that up. We're doing all good here. Beautiful. I, I did write an f bomb in the chat. I apologize. <laughs> don't tell my don't tell my dad. Don't tell my dad. He's gonna be mad. Uh, yeah, no doubt. He'll be uh, he'll be angry. Uh, inter- internal competition. Noise. Shout out yeah. to Schickster, by the way. And Schickster was jumping in on the lock shop, um, all fired up about the AFL. 
you know what, just while Remus does that, I'm going to go back to you because I have to admit, I've been slacking a little bit on my Aussie rules. And uh, it was it's always fun to see and to talk to Schickster about it. Um, got some big games here. Brisbane, minus 250 over Carlton. And Port Adelaide, minus 154 favorites over Greater Western Sydney. It's getting real right there. Schickster, let me know your picks. Let me know your picks in the chat. And uh, I can, uh, I'll be getting on. It was an amazing game this morning as well. Fire off. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny's water bottle. Right on. Spency. God, what a what a crew. What a crew we've got here uh, for it. All right. How are we looking? How many marbles today? I'm a big uh, Spency guy. I'm a big Spency guy. Spency's an absolute beauty, man. Spency, if you recall, goes way back with us. He was the, uh, the mic guy and one of the uh, very talented performers at the Spirit of Ukraine Pavilion, the home of the original pierogi eating championship that we put on back in the 1290 days i actually have some really good pictures of spancy oh pierogi eating 2016 oh man he's he <laughs> he wrote in chat i'm the big ukrainian dancer and i i definitely have some good pictures of him mm, these are all pierogi eating hold on i gotta find them this, this, what, what, what a special gift. We're going back to, was that the stepdaddy J year? Of course. Only. <laughs> okay. I got, I have other ones. I, think. I still follow Abdul Karoma, our first ever pierogi eating champion on Insta. I think he went out, he got into photography and yeah. stuff like that and moved out to Calgary. Uh, I would we'll always remember Abdul, what a performance he put on. And then the stepdaddy J era began. And by the way, for any of you that remember stepdaddy J, he, I'm convinced that on Instagram he is a performance artist because there is no individual in the world that is on another planet more than more than Stepdaddy J and he's been after it big time as of late. It's a a very very popular I think definitely Stepdaddy J Instagram <laughs> videos are the most thing uh the most traded and forwarded media on that platform between myself Remus and our old pal Shaunasaur. Oh, okay. I think I found Spency here uh, doing some some dancing. I found the pictures. Let's see. Let's fire, fire one up before we get the marbles. Before going. I get, shout out to Spency. Here we are. There's some, uh, that was at the Ukrainian. There is a young Spency before he let the hair go. Yeah. He has long hair now. L a, little, a little more hair now. Maybe a little more mass. Uh, but actually, I mean, all joking aside, um, what he and uh, the dancers there at that Spirit of Ukraine Pavilion did was absolutely amazing. So uh, there you go. We got uh, a little trip down memory lane back to the pierogi eating contest. And there were talks at Little Brown Jug about resuscitating the pierogi eating contest coming up next year. I think the Polish Pavilion basically straight up stole our gig. Um because apparently I saw something with Abi Khan up there. It's the back-to-back pierogi-eating champion. And I'm like, what? At the Polish Pavilion? So uh, we may need to rectify this because, listen, as we see, 2016, Stepdaddy J, multiple championships. Um, it truly is part of the, part of the legend of the warm-up show, um, which, of course, is tied into Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. All right. So, Remo, what are, what, what's the story here? There he is. There he is There's again. There's Spencey. Looking great good. Starting a beautiful bow. Can't believe a guy that size can do the things that he did. It was uh, it was truly incredible. He was, Yeah, he had some great moves. That was looked like very, uh, you know, get sweaty after that. So, uh, well and done, by the Spencey. way, that, that picture you're seeing is part of the, at the end of the performance, not at the end of the pierogi eating contest. There's not anything about to come out of him or anything No, like no, that. that is funny. He was not a, uh, not a participant. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, do we need, we want to get into, uh, do we want to get into Tristan Rivers music or, uh, okay. is there anything else that we need to do before that? Um, no, let me just get everything settled in here. I do want to say the biggest reveal on the show, Adam Lowry saying, not only is he an Andy Dalton fan, Huss, that he has an Andy Dalton jersey. That was an all-time WST moment to me. And then I started saying, well, I mean, I got you think of like the jerseys. I'm like, well, I got a Brian Greasy Broncos jersey at home. And then other people in chat started writing their own jerseys. I would love it. Yeah, an extra why not question of the day. The most obscure NFL jersey you've got in the closet from over the years. Let those, uh, you can get those going while we get uh, get the marbles. Andy Dalton was good, and although Spancy did note that he has never won a playoff game, which was a trivia questions. Which was one of the trivia questions <laughs> from, from Wednesday. But I, I'm shocked that Adam Lowry had a Andy Dalton jersey. Well done. I loved it. I uh, I loved it. All right, everyone's getting uh, everyone's getting a little Rob Mahoney. Rob, you you should time yourself out of the chat sometime. What did he's he say? He's just all over the place, man. We're doing marbles right now, Rob. He's... Let's focus. Let's focus on on the on the task at hand. Okay. Um, and allow Remus to focus on the task at hand, which is getting this race ready mm -hmm. and playing Tristan Rivers music when we're ready to start it up. Here, shout speaking out to of masks. Yeah, speaking of masks, here's Connor Hellebuck's new mask, by the way, has for this year. He's got his dog on there. I think that was at Lake Winnipeg. The Jets wordmark logo, which I'm was kind of surprised that was in use, but shout out to the Jets and Eye Candy Air uh, for posing. Look at that fish. Big ass, big ass walleye. Yeah. Like, how can this guy ever leave Winnipeg fishing? His dog looks like a, like a Siberian husky. His dog will absolutely love the winters here. Let's make this work. Come on. Let's, you know, I, I, I'm a little, my optimism Connor Hellbuck meter went up a touch just looking at this mask because that is, I mean, that's a very personal item for a goaltender. And it just, it reeks Winnipeg. It's all over it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm just enjoying some of the jerseys here. Shout out to Les Thompson. He's got a Darren Sproles Charger, Charger jersey, man. He was good. <laughs> He's, but yeah, this is a sick mask. So shout out to the Jets for putting. And they also put out a video of some of the young stars sampling uh, ketchup chips. Ketchup chips. I did see that. All the Russians, the guys that have never had it before. Yeah. Completely I, understanding what But they, they used, I did have a gripe. They used Lay's ketchup chips. Old Dutch are superior. Everyone knows. Agreed. But I, I assume they were in the airport and like you got to do with what's available. I don't know. Did they, I don't know if they have Old Dutch in the airport. Who knows? Who knows? Not not something we're going to be able to figure out right now before this marble race. <laughs> no. Okay. I got it ready. I got the song. What song do you want? Uh, Dealer's choice. You or you or Connor can uh, can uh, pick it. Connor, you got a choice here. He says he's good. Go with the heavier one. Heavy? 
Like the Metallica one? Yeah, the Metallica one, exactly. Or do you want to go really heavy, like the Pantera one? I haven't played... Sure, yeah, we haven't done that one in a long I time. I haven't played Pantera in a while. So. Okay, Tristan Rivers Music, the muse of WST. It is just about time for Marbles on a Friday. Let's go. It's Friday! Oh, amazing, amazing. And the yes, R.I.P. Dimebag, Spency. Uh, Mary Jane's ready to go. T. Will's ready to go. Everyone's done. How many marbles today? We got 232 marbles. You want me to add in some nice. extra ones? Yeah, like, add in Huss, add in Remus, add in Connor. I think Connor, Connor did you already enter? He already entered, so he's okay. in there. Okay, he's good. And, uh, yeah. and I mean, we got to give Adam Lowry a... Let's give Adam Lowry, Hacksaw, and Ken Weave. Ken, obviously, with his big day, going to uh, going to the free press. Sure. All of our guests today and the three of us. They're in. We have 237 marbles in. That's a lot, right. man. It's a busy here on a Friday. i got to be honest. I was so nervous with this Adam Lowry coming on. We had the technical issues, but he was at home, not in a car, on his iPad. It's perfect. What a great guy doing the redo. Nice. Yeah, he was great. Was very, very generous with his time. Very. He was the one that was extremely. Sorry. So, anyways, that worked out great. We've got that in the can. But uh, so, anyways, Lowry's getting a marble. Uh, and again, who can ever forget? If you missed it last week, folks, go back to last Friday's show and watch the marble race won by Chris Streveler. Um, we gave Strav a marble. He was here, taken in the banjo bowl festivities, and ended up coming through at the end and won. That being said, I think the finish of this race today is going to be a memorable one. I have not seen it, but I've heard the guys behind the scenes talking about it. It has been tested. What, uh, what, what What's this one called, Remus? Okay, let, I'm going to pull it up. It's called Eighth World Wonder. <laughs> this is a good fit. Eighth fi- World Wonder. Maybe that's a tribute to Andre the Giant, who was the eighth wonder of the world, as we all remember. Yeah, everyone remembers that. Um Huh. Shout out to Craig, 1972, who created this track. Yeah, he created the track. We're into the... Uh, hold on. I can't see... Hold on. I'm into certain stuff here. One sec. Where's the... Hold on. Okay, there we are. We got 237 marbles. Okay, right on. Let me just confirm. This is the correct... This is today's list. Got to make sure, Huss, we've had times where you used last yeah. week's list. You don't want to do that. Hold on, it's not letting me go in for some reason. Interesting. Let me close this and get back in. Mm, bit of an issue here. Hmm. Hold on. A highly anticipated course. We teased it. The Eighth World Wonder. <clears throat> We're having an issue selecting it right now. But you have used it already. I tested it. It was incredible. It. I was incredible. It was 
I mean, I don't want to hype it up too much. Just a Marvel track, but <laughs> it was pretty good. If you like it. By the way, while you're waiting, folks, if you can, hit that thumbs up if you haven't already. Okay, we're good. Hearing clicking. We're back? All right, perfect. He's figured it out. It would have been a real bummer if we had to go to a different track. I've been fired up about this for the last hour. <laughs> yeah, I will say, hey, yeah, hit the subscribe button down below. Hit the thumbs up. We're trying to get to 10K. We're almost there. Yeah. And, and listen, we are giving away our version of the, the Masters Green Jacket, the blue WST hoodie. So, but you have to be a YouTube subscriber to win. You're already here on YouTube. It's literally the simplest thing. Hit the subscribe button. All right. We got a big, big marble race right now, 237. And we're all in it. Remo, myself, and Connor, uh, who is back there as well, our number one pick. Um, let's do it, folks. Good luck to everybody. Friday's brand new course. Eighth World Wonder from Craig 1972. This is the WST Marble Race. Let's drop the marbles. All right. The large, large funnel to begin this marble race. And again, one of our biggest ones yet. 237 marbles. S. Elder and Robert Paul, running man. Gintelligence. Maul, there's your top five right there. Wilf's World, Chris Wolgamuth. But it is S. Elder and Robert Paul right now who have a slight lead. Maul's making a little bit of a run right here in Gintelligence right now. A very long course with many twists and turns as the eighth wonder. Robert Paul there and then uh, the big, big group coming back. Whoa, it's, it's a stadium in the background. What a wild background for this. I've never seen an this, empty, yeah. An empty soccer stadium. I love it. All right, things tightening up a little bit. Oh, TTT Bone just, well, it says he's in first. No, he's been thrown over the top rope and eliminated. All right, we're moving on as we get through. Robert Paul and S. Elder Mall, the top three, Intelligence. Chris, this has been the group that's been ahead. We're going to see whether anyone from the pack are going to be able to get in. All right, now we've got a few more. Oh, Robert Paul with a nice, nice run. Did not make it through, though, right now. Gintelligence gets shot into first place. Wilf's World and S. Elder coming up in second. Oh, and Julian Labossier just got thrown over the top rope. Sorry, Julian. Gintelligence. Tom Ramsey has made a move. I think Amy Weeb's in the mix now, but right now it is Gintelligence and then everybody else. Ooh, we have, things are getting interesting here, folks. Was this a tightrope? Yeah, it's a marble tightrope here. Whoa! <laughs> Little loop-de-loop. Gintelligence slowed down Wilf's world. An S Elder coming in, and oh, Gintelligence is sort of slowed down. Randy and Tony Dean just got thrown over the top rope. Wilf's World has taken a first place. Ken Weave just got tossed. Laurent Gratton, Johnny Bender, we are starting to get a few more eliminations. Uh, Peg City Dude. Now, Wilf's World is in the mix ahead of everybody. Tristan Rivers Music in second right now making a move. 
But here we go again. A new, brand new track with a wild ending. It has been rumored. How is it going to go? Tristan Rivers' music, I think, has caught up right now. No, Wolf's World is still in first place. All right, this is coming down. What is this, a field goal? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he got eliminated. (laughs) No, Wolf's World didn't get it. Can Tristan Rivers' music get it? Who will be it? Oh, Tristan Rivers' music is the winner. (laughs) Whoever got through. (laughs) Got a goal, but a point, Tristan. (laughs) He creates the song, the field goal ending. Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wolf's World was, like, on his way in. (laughs) It was right there. Just uh, just didn't uh, didn't have the leg, I guess, as they say. So Tristan Rivers Music, S. Elder. What a race by S. Elder, though. I mean, had been right there. Finney, Amy Weeb. What's up, Amy? Terminator, Yakman, Shelby, Val George, B. Henderson, and Jay Miller. There's Jennifer Berthelet. What up, Property Jen? Okay. <laughs> Final results. Final results. Tristan is a two-time. Uh, Tristan is a two-time winner. Uh, now, let's see. Let's go down these final results, Remus. I want to see where uh, where we uh, we all ended up. Okay, we see. Hey, Marshall Karan, what's up, Marsh? Nice run today. Mary Jane, 15th. Nice work, Mary Jane. Strong, strong performance today. We're coming down. Who's going to be the first of the three of us to get on the board? Oh, there's Connor, 46. There's Connor, one. So Connor was 46. There's Roscoe at 47. With his oh Remus fifty nine. Where are you? You're seventy three. I'm seventy three. I made it. I made it at least. I didn't get thrown over the top rope. There's Ken. I think Ken did get thrown over the top rope. Tyson, what's up, Max? Wow, Maul, you had that great start and ended up one hundred and second. I don't know what happened there. But again, no one had a more heartbreaking end than Wilf's world who was basically winning the entire time. There's Mike Wynn, 316. The GFL, Gregory Liverpool, Bravo Bry, Kenny's Water Bottle. Everybody heading down. And then here's the list. Cowboy, last. If you're not if you're not first, you're last, as they say. And then this is everyone. Gintelligence got thrown over the top two or just couldn't land the ending. Um, so there you go. Quite a wild. Spency also bonked. Yeah, there was a lot of... Uh... Hey, Derek from Texas. How are you, Derek? Yeah, what's up, Derek? Ack, uh, ack. Great stuff. Awesome show today. Um, lots of good tidbits with Weber. Uh, obviously, a great visit with Captain Adam Lowry after our aborted visit earlier this Wednesday. Uh, he was great. Hacksaw, bringing it, as always. And a heck of a fun a marble race. Um Connor, great to have you on board, my friend. I hope you enjoyed the first day behind the scenes, learning the uh, magic of WST. I know it'll probably take a few more times before you're ready to take control. But um, and by the way, folks, make sure you give Connor a follow on X at Connor Harabchak one, and uh, you can see everything else that he's got going on. Uh, a little bit of writing, did a nice uh, preview for the upcoming prospects tournament over at the Hockey Writers, and of course you can. Links there as well for uh, some of the stuff he does with uh, Brian Finlayson on the Level Flight podcast. Uh, Remo, what's up for the weekend? 
Uh, actually, the Jewish New Year. Has, oh, so, Happy New Year. Yes, so Shana Tova. Huge rager. Huge rager. Yeah, I have a lot of family in from out of town that I haven't seen for a while, so heading out to, uh, heading out to Winnipeg Beach tomorrow for a big celebration. What happens at midnight? Is it just mayhem or? No, no, no it's drop not. Drop the it's, ball? It's not like drop that. Drop the ball? It's not, not like that. Although there may be some glasses of, of wine, but no, no, there's no staying up till midnight. You know, you go to go to synagogue. I know Matthew Rabbi Libel has a big service oh. uh, planned this weekend. So uh, taking part in some of those festivities. That's what's up for Perfect. me. Also, NFL Sunday. That's going on. Get, get, well, listen, say hi to the rabbi mm-hmm. and tell him to uh, to give us a call after his New Year's festivities are finished and we can talk football. Actually, we should get him on the show. If you see him, let him know we want to talk uh, talk next week. I love talking yeah. NFL with Matt and everything else too. It's, it's long, long overdue. Yeah, I haven't talked to him for a while. He called me the other day. He's like, I'm behind you on the car driving down Keniston. And then he's like, I, I knew, saw some guy in a Mariner's hat. I knew it was you. And uh, we had, we talked, but that was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, anyways, hilarious show today. Lots of fun. Great week. You know, now that NFL's back, these weeks go so quickly. I mean, sometimes in the summer when there wasn't a lot to talk about, you know, the week, the week dragged on a little bit. Um, it is warp speed right now. Uh, one more week without the Jets here. Training camp next week. Fan Fest a week from tomorrow. We will be set up there. Make a plan to come out, take in, uh, take it all in, and join us. Pop by and don't forget, go to the link, winnipegsportstalk.com or the link in the description of this video and uh, new seats added for the WST Jets pack in section 317 are available right now. Check this out. Uh, I was talking with uh, Dustin from True North. And so when you get your ticket, you get a coupon in the Jets app. That's how you use the coupon. Mm -hmm. So this is what you get like a nice, check this out. You get a little alert there. We've added WST Game Pack beverage coupons to your wallet. Check out check out that alert that you would get on your phone. Nice. And then this is what the coupon is. New reward. We've added the Game Pack beverage coupons to your wallet. So that'll be in your Sweet. How cool is that? Your Jets <laughs> Your Jets app, yeah. Oh man. Well, thanks to uh thanks to our pal Yui. Um who, funny enough, just killing it over with the Jets, um, was actually our original contact that uh, made the uh, bridge of us uh, working with Little Brown Judd. Mm-hmm. Such a small world, man. One degree of separation, but uh, that is beautiful. I'm uh, ah, Listen, we're so excited about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're just finding out the information is there, you can simply go on, pick a couple seats, pay for them, and then make plans to have some fun with us for four big games. <laughs> At the rink, starting with the return of Pierre-Luc Dubois on the 17th of October. Yeah, I think if you did buy the tickets, Dan Jets fan said, I didn't notice that. But I don't think this is live, but this is what it's going to be. This is what it will be. And Spancy says, I want my phone to alert me to go get another drink. Oh, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. And one of the coolest things is we're going to be able to get together. We're going to have early access. We'll have more details on where you enter and all that. Um, but we'll be getting together and sort of taking over that bar right outside 316 and 317, probably around 530 for 730 games. Everyone can get together. We'll oh, do a couple raffles of uh, some uh, pricing for WS tiers. 
uh, have those free uh, pops or beers or whatever people want to uh, take uh, take them up on, and then uh, get out there and hopefully watch four great games together up in. I know I'm biased, but a couple of the best sections and areas. We certainly will have the best group of fans. I can tell you that. So, uh, anyways, get on that, folks, if you haven't already. And thanks for the amazing, amazing response so far for everyone that's picked up the tickets. Uh, all right. Connor Ravchak, welcome aboard again. Great to have you uh, working with us here at WST. Remus, great job, great week. Everybody, thanks for being with us. Have an awesome weekend. Young Stars game, 6 p.m. tonight. You can see that on the um, uh, Jets' YouTube channel. Shout out to the Illegal Curve Boys who are back at it. They'll be on tomorrow morning. I'm sure talking about tonight's game. And uh, we will be back Monday, 1 p.m., on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.